All right. Oh God, are, are we live? Is, we are. are we seriously live. I'll just like, do that later. Then it didn't. It didn't make me like press extra buttons for us to go live. I'm just oh, yeah. it say live. I got it. I got it here, so I can oh, an- talk to our say, fans. It doesn't say live on here on mine. There's live on mine. Okay. Someone's uh, a slow poke tonight. <laughs> He's always. That's what happens slow. when you eat that fruity pebble ice cream, there, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> nothing long, actually, nothing wrong with a slow poker. It lasts longer than they actually. They actually have fruity pebbles ice cream. I saw it today. Oh my god! I would they never actually eat make. That. They actually make fruity pebbles coffee creamer and cocoa pebbles coffee creamer now. Yeah, I saw that story the other day. But anyway, hello everybody, live on Facebook World. It's Four Guys Roundtable Show with my jabroni ass cohorts, Darth Pat, Coach Jeremy, AG Nitro. I added the jabroni just because I felt like it today. I feel like using that word. Sweet. We're going to be jabronis all night. Yeah, yes. I don't mind. Whatever. You can call me whatever. Just don't call me late for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it depends what we're having. I could be late. This is true. Depends on that food that we're getting. Bless oh, you. Okay. Whoa. What is this going on? Okay. This is weird to see our Facebook thing live at the same time. Okay. Change that. How's everybody uh, doing this evening? Awesome. My allergies are uh, screwing with me again. It's been a uh, bad allergy couple of days. Got out to my car car yesterday morning since I'm still parking in the uh, driveway because our garage door still hasn't been fixed. At this point, I'm really wondering what's going to happen first. The garage door gets fixed or I move out. <laughs> hey, we're, wow. we're, at two, we're, at, we're at two months away now. So, yeah. But, yeah, um, yeah because we, we had really high winds here, like, uh, Thursday night and yesterday, like, my car was just – you just covered it in, in like, pollen and, and stuff. So, I'm like, oh, this is going to be fun. And then I didn't take my allergy pill at the beginning of the day yesterday like I normally do because I had to go get blood work done. So I didn't take any of my pills until about noon when I remembered they were in my pocket. So, yeah, my allergies have been kicking my ass the last couple of days. Yeah, my nephew, it's really funny. You talk about allergies. My nephew, he posted a picture on uh, uh, Twitter something. I don't know. It, I don't follow my, my nephew, but my daughter shows me it, and he's got freaking tissue stuffed up his nose. He's like day three of <laughs> his no. He runs like a faucet. Like he can't. He can't even go out and cut grass. He's like allergic to grass and everything. Like he just. Yeah, I am too. That's, that's basically why I had to stop cutting our grass years ago. Is because I it would just if I went out there and I cut the grass, I'd come back in and I'd be wrecked for like a few days. Yeah. Uh, so I just like I just like said to my dad. I said, Dad, I physically can't do this anymore. Well, yeah, and that's and that's why he stopped cutting grass too because he was just he was dying. My dad said he should just go get the allergy shot if his since his allergies are that bad. You know, I got allergy shots many years ago, like when Same. we first went to Pennsylvania, but I don't remember having fun experiences because I seem to remember we had to go to our doctor almost like once a week, and they had to like you know give me a shot in like each arm and the needles that they would inject you with. We're seriously like this fucking long. Ooh, I gotta get go needles that long. Yeah, they were Same. freaking huge ass needles. And so you know, I'd come walking, <laughs> I'd come I'd come walking out of the office, you know, back through the waiting room and everything. 
you know, holding onto like each arm like this because I'm holding the gauze on where they, you know, had to, you know, inject it and everything. So, oh, you weren't doing the Idream, you weren't doing Idream of Genie and about to nod your head. (laughs) No, (laughs) Uh, but you know, it got to the point where I just said to mom, I said, I I, I can't take doing this anymore. And she's brought up in years past, maybe we should go get allergy shots. And I'm like, yeah. I'm sure they don't use AJ. You look slightly uncomfortable with this talk right now. (laughs) Yes, I mean, mean, nothing's interesting. Him, no, I just, I don't, I have to get, I don't want to talk about shots. I have to get my other one on Tuesday. I'm already anxiety up enough. So, well, anyway, like I'm just saying, like, I'm sure they don't use needles that that big anymore for those types of shots, but it's just like it's just bad memories, you know. So, yeah, I got shots every Friday after school. From the age of four to fifteen, and then after I turned fifteen, the summer that summer, I was you know it was once a month, which was great. It's like I tried to go and doing it every every week, but yeah, it was crazy. just kind of like sit down. <laughs> okay, you're done. All right, thanks. Bye. <laughs> it was so annoying. It just was. Well, speaking of shots, uh, as <clears throat> as you guys know. I went to have my special operation this week, yesterday, actually. That wasn't a shot. That was a castrating cutoff. (laughs) (laughs) And now AJ looks even more uncomfortable. (laughs) So, yes. And and it just, like, I wasn't going to talk about it unless somebody asked me about it, but Pat mentioned the big-ass needle. And I tell you what, it it, it was an experience. Uh, I'll tell any guy that's thinking about getting it done, just go get it done. It's... I'm on day two. I'm on day two. Yesterday was day one. That's the operation day, day two. Like I have almost no discomfort. Like at all. That's great then. So, you know, you hear the horror stories, man, it hurts so bad. So painful. You you used a lot of ice then, right? Uh, Yesterday was all day ice. Every 20 minutes, it was ice on, ice off, ice on, ice off for 20 minutes until I went to bed. Wax on, wax off, ice on, ice off. Well, it's funny because even though I had that oper- had that procedure done, I had my vasectomy done, uh, I keep going after my wife. She's like, what are you trying to do? See if it hurts, if it gets, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, no. I said, just because I had that done doesn't mean I'm not sexually, you know, doesn't mean I'm not, you know, horny. I just can't oh do God. it. <laughs> you know, but I got to like, yeah, be T- shot all over. TMI. The place. Right. TMI. <laughs> I want to see how far I can shoot my Blake's down. Get over here, damn it. <laughs> well, it's funny. The paper that they give you, it says, just because you've had this procedure doesn't mean it's safe. I'm like, if anybody, safe. like, no offense to anybody out there, but if you're that dumb that you think, oh, as soon as you have it done, you no longer can get any. Like, no, that's not how it works. Like, there's a, I don't know how long the reserve lasts, but it's in there. Um but I have to talk about this because it was really funny. Like, I, I think it's really funny, my whole experience with this. So I took a, a Xanax or the generic Xanax before I went. So I was feeling very calm, nice and calm, a um, little tired. Uh, the only effect that I had that besides that was I felt a little dizzy. Like I thought I was going to fall over at one, one point. Um, but so they put me in the room. They say, okay, get undressed, come back out. And I go to the lady. I was like, uh, this gown doesn't tie. I think I'm supposed to tie. She's like, nope. I was like, oh, so I just let my ass hang out. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> and then she, uh, you know, she says, okay, sit on the table and get as far front as you can before you fall until you feel like you're going to fall off the table and then lay back. I was like, okay. 
So I, you know, I did awesome. that. They put put me in these stirrups, which was interesting. And you felt uh, like a woman then. Yeah, I was like, well, I now know how my wife feels every time that she would go to the doctor for her, you know, that that womanly thing as well as when she was pregnant, as well as when she was pregnant, she was going there so often for that. But then they get out the needle because they numb your man area with Novocaine sack. Yeah, just say uh, damn it. (laughs) This is what triggered because the first needle that they used to to pull the Novocaine into the needle, it was fucking huge. And my yeah. eyes got real big. I was like, oh. <laughs> and the lady and the nurse goes, looks at me. She's like, I see your eyes. Don't worry. That's not the needle we're using. It's just easier to pull the stuff out of there while, <laughs> um, while we're doing that. So I was a little nervous when I saw that big needle, <laughs> just to say, but yeah, it was quick. It was easy. The doctor's talking to me. He's like, so where do you work? You know, as he's doing his thing, I'm like, Okay, let's just make this a conversation. Let's have some fun hey, with this. I mean, you know? <laughs> just just roll with it at that point. Seven there's silence like, don't fuck up my shit while you're down there, doc. Please, <laughs> I still need it. Well, and it was funny because it's still useful I, for me, I, damn I it. I didn't realize that they clamp. They evidently like when they do it, they clamp around to I guess to keep it from not moving. Um, but the clamps and that was like really the only pain I felt besides the burning when they sizzled my, on the left side, when they sizzled it shut, uh, I said, Ooh, and he goes, Oh, we'll give you a little bit more medicine. And then he did it. And then he gave me, and then I went, Oh, he went, well, we're almost done anyway. So <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> and he was ready to move on to the other side. So I was like, Oh, okay. Wow. Great. That's freaking fantastic. <laughs> So, but yeah, really any guy out there, it's not a big deal. It's very, it doesn't really, it's not painful. I didn't walk like I got off a horse, like a cowboy. I wasn't walking like my, my, my nuts were six, you know, were two watermelons now. It's, uh-huh. it's, it's not bad. I'm, you know, I was actually more worried I was about like that after. I was like that walking like that through my triple hernia. That was that I can, ex- that I can imagine. I think they're doing a little bit more than what they did when I, they did my vasectomy. Um, but yeah, I'm going to do that. Like when you texted me the other day, yeah, it was a bad 20 minutes. I was like, okay, this is, <laughs> this could be done. This yes. could be done. And, and we can now talk, move on to another subject. I just, I, think- I just, I just read something really funny. I, I know okay. we're going to talk about wrestling later. But I okay. just, I just saw this. Well, this is really I- funny. I, I do want to bring up something else medical related, not okay. in a, not in a, not in a necessarily uncomfortable way. Oh, okay. you're not glowing green, which I'm disappointed in, Patrick. So, yeah, no. Ooh, the Hulk. It's, it's it's all out of my system. Okay. Oh. So anyway, so I had the treatment last week. This like you know radioactive treatment to hopefully you know get my uh, you know it's, it's supposed to kill the remaining thyroid tissue that they can't get when they do the surgery when they do the thyroidectomy and everything and then obviously of course hopefully get rid of anything that's cancerous with within you know my body and everything so this was literally how this worked for me last week wednesday went to the one office got a shot in the hip that was it and i was like wait a minute that was it i could have gone to work today (laughs) they they told me they they told me back when we did this there was all like you know like Oh, you know, you're not, you shouldn't be driving yourself after these things. So I was like, okay, whatever. So anyway, because, you know, so I took like, you know, the last three days of last week off. So I mean, that was Wednesday, Thursday, go back to the same building, get a shot, go home, 
go back to that same building about an hour later to take this pill, which supposedly has this radioactive stuff to it. Like they make you put gloves on. They won't touch, you know, you don't touch the pill, your bare hands. They put it in a cup. You got to take it in a cup. Then you got to swallow all the water right away. So that was Thursday. Friday, go to the main hospital and have to have this scan done where I basically just laying on flat on my back in a very uncomfortable manner while they take three 10 minute pictures of neck, chest, you know, abdomen to see what it looks like. Then you like, they, like them if they were going to take a picture of your, your stuff. No, not that <laughs> I think uh, you guys need a fourth picture. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Then I have then I have to wait uh, for the uh, you know the technicians who are at the other location to get the pictures and they say like okay like you know we're seeing where we expect to see and everything and then a couple hours later go back to that office to get another pill which is like the higher radioactive pill and then from there it's like once you take that pill uh, you have to like you know isolate for three days you know basically mm-hmm. means you can't really you're not supposed to really be around people you're not supposed to go out anywhere yeah because you are uh, legit radioactive <laughs> yeah well well here's what it is they say like you know anything that you would like put your mouth on uh if it's like disposable you know but trash you can't throw it away for 90 days because it could be radioactive in some way and they like scan garbage when stuff gets to the landfill. And you're if like they a, it's, something, it's, and you it, get that, and you're like it, a superhero. <laughs> well, now if they, if, they, if they detect something that's radioactive, then they will try to find out what's radioactive and then where the trash came from. And if they trace it back to you, apparently you can get fined very heavily or something. So I made damn sure that I wasn't like using anything disposable, though I used a couple straws and one cup, but like one bathroom cup, but that bathroom cup still my bathroom. And the straws are sitting on the windowsill. I washed the straws, but I'm still not throwing them away. So, so anyway, I go on my healthcare provider site today because I was uh, checking about or like, or like another recent claim that showed up that said I owe three hundred dollars for when I had to get a new pair of compression stockings, which like I'd been waiting literally two months for it to show up because I had mm-hmm. that done back at the beginning of March. Um. When I see a new claim, which it still says is quote pending, and it said it was from April 23rd, which was last Friday, and everything. So I click on it, and it was for like all of that treatment that I just described. Total cost breakdown for six services amount billed $35,446.80. Plan discount $25,050.87. Your plan paid $10,117.22. Your total cost $270.12, which was the amount of money that I had left to hit my $1,500 deductible, which means that I probably would have been paying a hell of a lot more up to $1,500, depending upon where I had been on my deductible level you know, before everything. Yep. But again, two shots, two pills. I don't care if they have radioactive iodines in them and shit. And a body scan. 35,000 fucking dollars. Lost the medicine these days. How? It's been for a while. How the fuck 
can somebody without insurance survive if that's what they, they have to they start insurance collection debt for the rest of their lives because of it exactly yep that, I, I i i don't i don't i don't mind saying thirty five thousand dollars that's more than 50 percent of my yearly salary for christ's sake yep you know We have a fucked up health health insurance, uh, healthcare industry in this country. And, you know, when people start saying about, oh, we can't afford, you know, universal health care and shit like this, I just go, oh, we can't. How can, how can somebody without insurance afford that? What good is somebody potentially bankrupting themselves? And again, this is a non severe, like non intensive, you know, thing that, like, I wasn't going through like chemotherapy. I didn't have a more severe, aggressive form of cancer or anything like that. So how it, it really just goes to show again: if you don't have insurance, you are fucked. And it, again, it really is like I just there's got to be a better way than our current system. There just has to be a better way. That's crazy. That, that's just that, that's all I wanted to say. When I saw that, I was I was just I was absolutely floored. I was I was at my office. It was just me and one of my bosses that were in there today. And when I looked at him, I said, "Hey, you want to hear something funny?" Uh, it is to a point. Uh, yeah, sucks. he was just like, you know, when I described the treatment to him for how much it costs, he even went like, you know, yeah, it's ridiculous. So it's just... All right, so I think we got to talk some sports now. Here's what, here's something have, fun, funny, real quick. I know okay. we're going to talk about wrestling yeah, yeah. later, but I just I just saw this. So Roman Reigns' new shirt. Says smash from stack and pin him basically because he pinned two people at WrestleMania. So some girl, some girl just posted on Facebook oh, no. and said, "Thank you for teaching me how to properly have a threesome." <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord, have mercy! And, and WWE is- will see that post and they'll be like, "Okay, we're changing your shirt now." Oh, it wasn't. It was on one of the wrestling things that I do on Facebook, but I just. I had. To, oh, I knew you guys would get a kick. I knew you guys would get a kick out of that. So. I mean, when you that come right funny. down to it, that's that's a pretty shitty shirt anyway, because it's clearly just it's it's clearly trying to just uh, emulate the the one Brock shirt, which just like having like the whole big like three step thing, you know. And yeah. Brock was four steps though. Oh, okay. So, so, so similar. Similar, but smash them, stack them, pin them also doesn't really roll off the tongue like you know, you know, arrive, suplex, repeat, or whatever the hell the Brock shirt was, you know. We'll get back to wrestling later. I just figured that one would make you guys chuckle. That is funny. That is funny. (laughs) All right. So, as last, we can do the draft first. We can talk about the NFL, Jerry. Oh, we will. We will get to that. We got to get this. We got to get this topic (laughs) off my head and out of my brain. Uh, Here we go. Here we go. Between you and Pat, because I'm like, I'm I'm out of this one. So, I want to preface at this with this is not about (laughs) politics. This is not about anything. This is it, it, it's about social awareness and it and i'm going to just say this it is about lebron it is about the tweet that he put out there it is about the officer that was in a situation um that i have no way to say did he use the right force did he not all i saw was a 30 second body cam clip that a young lady gets shot and she had a knife and was trying to stab another person I, I, you know, that's all I can say. I can't say if he's right or wrong, or if, you know, there could have been a different way to handle it. That's not for me to say. I'm not an officer. I'm not going to try and pretend that I can know what's right or wrong for that. 
but he did save somebody's life, but he had to take somebody's life to do it. It's, it's a fucking unfortunate situation that that even had to happen, but yeah, that is what it is. The thing that I found interesting is this little tweet that the good old um, LeBron decided to put out, which it probably wasn't the best idea to do this um, because he tweeted this out before he knew all the facts. Just jumped in the gun. He was, he jumped the gun. So he put this tweet out here with the picture of the cop that did it. And he said, you're next. And he's got the little hourglass there and accountability. Yeah. Yeah. Now for anybody who didn't see this, he took this down, but before he could even take it down, everybody clipped it. Did everything they did. It's all Screenshot over everywhere. That, that buddy. Oh yeah, they killed it. And he immediately take took it down and put a rebuttal tweet up. Hmm. Well, the fact is, it was too little, too late. You put it out there, okay. And this is why I want to talk about this because I believe what LeBron and other athletes are doing for trying to bring social awareness to the problem that is probably that has plagued this country for a very long time. Okay. Um, it was fought with Martin Luther King. It was fought before that. It's been fought forever after this. Okay. It's the what he did that is was uncalled for. You know, he didn't have to do this. He could have waited for the facts. And the fact that athletes are out there and they're doing this is great. Once again, I will I will reiterate it. It's great. I think it's awesome because they are influencers, whether they want to be or not. When they put something out, people are going to follow that, and they're going to follow the people that they love in sports. LeBron has 49.7 million followers. <laughs> yes, okay? he does. 49.7 million. That's a lot of fucking people. All saw that shit at once. All saw it. Yep. <laughs> Everybody that followed LeBron, I guarantee you saw this. And they didn't see it right away. They saw it now. Okay. As somebody who can influence that many people with one tweet, it is a re- the responsibility of the person. This is any influence. I don't care who the hell you are. It's their responsibility as an influencer to have the facts before they just say something. Okay. Now, if he would have put this out after he had all the facts and that they found with the body cam footage, which was released like hours after the incident happened, and he still put this up because it showed that he, this cop was 100% wrong. There was no reason he had to use a gun. There was no doubt he could have used something else. Then this, okay, this makes sense. But it doesn't make sense in the fact that he didn't know all the facts. So, what I say to anybody who's an influencer, regardless of who you are, where you come from, what, you know, what's, what made you an influencer? you got to have all your facts, especially when it comes to stuff about social awareness and the, the problem with the way – what is perceived as a huge problem and is actually a really problem, white cops, black civilians being killed. So, and I just, that's all I really wanted to say about that. I don't know if anybody else had a comment they wanted to make about that. I'm actually going to defend LeBron here. This is, I can't believe I'm even going to say this. <laughs> Defending you, LeBron James. I don't, I don't, I don't think, I think he was wrong for putting this out too. So I don't, he was not smart. I mean, yeah, he, he was wrong. The, the, the issue is like he put, he, he jumped the gun. 
but from what just happened in Minnesota, there's a lot of people mm-hmm. in that community that were just thankful and um, praying that this outcome came the way it should have been. So during the trial, and then another that sh- the other shooting that happened during the trial with the other kid in the car, uh, with the traffic uh, stop with a stupid uh, tree freshener hanging in his fucking window mm-hmm. is mirror, I should say. And then you know that the, the stabbing and that you know girl being shot uh, while she was trying to stab somebody else. Yeah, you know it's just everyone's on high tension, high alert. You know it's like. During the trial, you had that shooting. Then you have this, like, kind of like right after. I think everyone's emotions were just running so high, like, "Oh shit, another one! God damn it!" Hop on the phone, start doing it, and like a couple hours later, oh, by the way, this is what happened. Here's your footage. Mm-hmm. So, like, I get, yeah, he shouldn't have. He, he jumped a gun. He shouldn't have posted that like it is. But at the in the same time, you know, um, how does it want to say? It's like we. We as us four being white guys don't understand what it's like right. to be a black guy or right. a black person. I, so like they're and, and what they're going on, what's going on with them and just that whole situation. I kind of see why LeBron did it. Was it the right thing to do? No, he fucked up. <laughs> he yeah. should have waited. But that, I mean that uh that TikTok it is, it is that TikTok is video, I, I the only part about it that I think is funny is at the end when he's like, MJ's the goat. <laughs> 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 so still fast um but i don't anyway, know darth pat did you have anything I, you at, wanted to add or did, or shall we move did that on? cop get in did that cop get in trouble by the way i haven't looked to see if he got the one for the, that, that from that video. from the one where he posted um, yeah that, that post. he was immediately suspended i believe was at this point in time and they're of course they're doing their normal investigation thing oh. which is what should be done there, there's, actually, there's actually a bar here in Ohio that re- will not play LeBron's. They refuse to play his games. Yeah, they're not playing. Like, yeah, I know. It got it, It's gotten crazy. And LeBron tweeted, oh, no, I was so going to come there and watch my own game tonight. <laughs> and now I can't. Like, <laughs> that was really yeah. dumb what the bar owner did. I thought that was really stupid because all he's doing yeah, is hurting himself. Just, he's going to hurt his own patron. Like, people are like, going to go there and watch the NBA games. They're like, I can't go to my favorite bar and watch it. Well, what the fuck? So he didn't hurt nobody but himself doing that stupid shit. Yeah. Patrick is in deep thought right now. So what the tweet is, it's just him pretending to call LeBron and get LeBron's permission to essentially um, <laughs> to get LeBron's permission to either intervene in a situation where a man's trying to stab another man. And then at the end he says, okay, I, I he's like, Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, Michael, Michael, MJ's the goat. And he goes, Oh, I gotta go. <laughs> it's, it's just like, I, I, I don't know. It, it, there's, there's so many, <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of comical to listen to it, but and other end, it's like, it's, it's so, it's so wrong in many ways too. At yeah, the same it, time. It's, it is, but it's like, it legitimately is. Yeah. But there was like a million of them, but that one was, I found comedy in that one just because uh, of the whole, when I look at the whole spectrum of everything. All right. So we're going to move last LeBron unless uh, Darth Pat has anything he wants to add. And I don't think he does. He looks like he's like, Oh my God, shut up. Uh, I can, uh, I'll make a quick comment. Uh, okay. Yeah. He, he definitely jumped the gun. Uh, I mean, he could have, he, he could have jumped the gun without like posting the officer's picture and everything there because, yeah, from what I've seen of the body cam sh- uh, footage of that particular shooting, it 
it, it does look like the officer probably did need to do what he did. Um, you know, it's still hard to tell from body cam footage, you know, because it's not always the clearest and, and steadiest and, and most in focus and stuff. I mean, it did look like the woman that the cop shot was going to stab the other woman. Um, it just kind of, to me, it's been bringing up something that's been bothering me for a long time, which is why do they have to uh, use lethal force as the first resort? Uh, mm-hmm. It's like, couldn't you shoot her somewhere else, you know, and, and then stop the stabbing and everything. But people don't want to seem to uh, acknowledge that. Uh, at least some people I've interacted with. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he uh, he definitely needed to jump the gun. But again, I completely understand why he did it, because, again, it's just it's just one after another, after another, after another, after another. It's, you know, you get the, the verdict in the Chauvin case and like, yeah. you know, like Joe said, barely before that's over, we got, we've got that new one, you know, now. So you're, you're you know, well, we had the, you know, the, uh, this is terrible. I'm going to forget his name, uh, Deontay Wright going on at the same time. And then we've got this other new one in North Carolina um, where they're not releasing the body cam footage. Uh, uh, only to the family. Yeah. I've been hearing yeah, all about yeah, it. The, down here. the family supposedly saw a redacted version of the body cam footage and was outraged, but, that police department is hiding behind like, well, we can't release them without having the approval of this side or the other thing. You know, yeah, so, so it's, it's yeah. a bunch of really, that's a bunch of mealy mouth bullshit. And the other thing I just mm-hmm. want to say about this, the, um, the, uh, the LA uh, PD police union apparently sent a letter of some kind or whatever, uh, asking yeah. the, MBA, asking the NBA to, uh, uh, to, to look in to see if LeBron sending that tweet violated any like policies or anything. I, yeah. would, <laughs> I, I, would, here. I, I would like to respond to the LAPD police union thusly. Go fuck yourselves. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking seriously. Yeah, I thought that was a little crazy too. I thought it was funny too. Okay. Funny but you crazy. Don't want, you don't want people investigating when you do bad shit. How about you let the NBA then handle its own policies and its own players then too without you influencing it? You can't have it both fucking ways, assholes. That's all I'm going to say yeah. about that. That's just fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it was it was pretty petty of them to, yeah. to pull that shit off. All right. Well, on that note, we yeah. got some NFL draft this weekend. Well, I Me still got Pat. two. I got two, a couple more things I want to talk about oh, with the NBA that bro, were pretty NBA. interesting. Fuck yes, the NBA. NBA. I know the NBA over. has been had, had a lot going on. How more do you get? KD was on, on my a... Bulls to make the playoffs. Damn it! <laughs> hey, oh, Cats, Knicks are going to make the playoffs. I know they went on a yeah. seven-game tier tear. Yeah, you're I... making the playoffs. I know old Bulls coach and old Bulls players helping that fucking team. This is <laughs> me off right now. God damn it. They're they're blessed. Fuck. Their best player is a Kentucky product. That's all that I care about. So KD. Damn. More news about KD. He seems to like get himself like just by opening his mouth, like something's bound to come out, which is always comical. So he was on a podcast and was asked to name his top five best teammates. Oh Christ! Did he? I heard about this, but I didn't. I didn't oh my God! It's freaking great. He omitted. He omitted Russell Westbrook. Yes. So he says. He says <laughs> no, Steph Curry, of different. course. You know, he says Steph Curry, of course. Uh, Kyrie, uh, Kyrie Irving. Okay, of course. He's, he's mentioned Otherwise, him. Otherwise, we'll be on the uh, team together. James Harden. 
Okay. Of course. Clay Thompson. And then he had a hard time coming up with his fifth. He's like, hmm. Um, he goes, uh, yeah, Serge Ibaka. And the oh host. My God. And the host, <laughs> the host of the podcast, because they do oh, it like we're doing another recording, and they're like, you sure there's not somebody else? And then so he's like, hmm. he's like, the one, the, the guy, you know? <laughs> and he's, they're like, Westbrook? <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, Wes. He's like, yeah, man, Wes. I'm like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> I, was, I was dying. So he's like, oh, yeah, I got, I, I definitely got to put Wes in there and drop Surge. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you just forgot about the guy, you know, that you played with for several years when you came into the league with, you know, Harden. Oh, my God. It was absolutely comical. Wow. Like that. And listening to him interview now, I don't hear a lot of his interviews. Maybe, uh, Dar- uh, maybe AJ does. But his interview, he sounded like he was high as shit. Like the way he talks, his mannerisms, he sounded like he seemed like he was high as hell. I'm like, is this guy? He's always very laid back in his interviews, from what I've seen. Okay, so maybe that's just who he is. Normal for him. Yeah. Okay. And that and that's why. I mean, you know what? I, I don't really, I don't really have a problem with him throwing some shade there if he wants to because i would do the same thing so if you played with somebody and you didn't like him if you want to throw a little shade their way that's okay because i would do something like that too and i would own it too so yeah yeah it was it was just really it was really really funny i had to laugh um so two more quick things that i want to talk about in the nba and i, I just i'm going to share out my screen here uh why does it do that all right I don't want that. I do have a stumper tonight, and don't worry, guys. It's not in the 70s where only Pat's going to know it. Oh, so okay, it's, good. It's relevant to your, you know, your lifespan so, that consists of right now. I have Stout. a stumper question. What's in the cup? <laughs> well, well, then, yes. The blue glass, frosty looking. Okay, so... Um, good old Julius Irving, Dr. J was asked to give like his top five or two, top, two teams, his two top five teams. Okay. Oh yes. I did see this. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> he gives him, and I forgot to pull up the article. I apologize. He, he excluded LeBron. That's the important thing. Yes. So he names his top five. And he excludes from he named his top ten and he yes. excluded LeBron. Yes, he names his top no, ten. I know it's funny. <laughs> Go Dr. J. Yeah, he names his <laughs> top it. ten. So his first team is all like old players that he essentially probably watched when he was coming up and before he got in the league. Because it was, I think it was yeah. Elgin Baylor. Uh so if somebody else has it, please feel Jerry free West. To it Jerry, Jerry West. West was on that team. Uh so. Will Chamberlain, I think, was on that. Um, I don't think that Dr. J had bad people on his team. No. So I, I, I don't. I definitely no. agree. But his top very five for more current players was um, Michael Jordan, Bird, Larry Magic. Bird, Magic, um, Olajuwon, Olajuwon, probably, or Shaq. No, I don't remember. No, it was um, Carl Malone. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, it was Carl Malone. Was it Kareem? 
Malone was a head scratcher. Kareem, I think it probably was Kareem. I think it was Malone Kareem. Was, Malone was the head scratcher on there, if you ask me personally, if you ask me. But but that wasn't the that the, so I like I didn't have a problem with his team either. That is what it is. You know, everybody's going to always have a different top five, you know, ten players, whatever. You know, if they're asked to make two super teams, what would your super teams look like? Okay. What was really funny, which got a lot of like analysts blown out of proportion, was the fact that. Um, Dr. J made a made a comment about these super teams. Yes, that <laughs> players are being put together with, where players are making their own super teams. Okay, it's not the 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 team going out and drafting players or getting people that are at the end of their contract. And Sign and that's them. because it's a different world right now in the NBA. Like free agency changed all the leagues when free agency became available. Okay. It changed them all in the way that people could be traded. Uh, you know, players can demand what they want to, they can hold out, they can do this. And pretty much as long as it's in their contract or contractual rights, there's nothing that the team can do about it. Okay. But one of the analysts tried to say that Dr. J had two super teams in his career. One was the 77 Sixers and one was the 83 Sixers. I mean, that person's full of shit. So that's, <laughs> that person's full of shit. Was this freaking. Uh, um, this was oh, Stephen God. A. Smith and what the hell was the other guy? It wasn't Stephen Man. A. Smith didn't say anything. Um, uh, Stephen A. Stephen A. knows better not to say. He, he knows it was not where super. That, that was. Those weren't super teams. Dr. J, I, if he said Dr. that, I'd be surprised. So when I saw the teams and then I saw Dr. J's reason, I was actually okay with it because Dr. J's not wrong in his statement. So yeah. he's actually kind so of right. So here's the, here's the team that was here's the 77 team. Now the guy that mentioned, and I wish I, I have to pull up the article and I didn't do that. And that's my own fault, but he tried to say that Mike Dunleavy. Okay. Was a, was a, a superstar. I mean, I'll, I'll agree with Daryl Dawkins, Chocolate Thunder. He definitely was at that time. Like, he was a, a big man's, like, he was a center yeah, that and, was. And Will B. Free was pretty good, too. And yeah. Doug Collins was a role player. That, that's right. not a super team. No. So, I'm looking at this team, and I'm like, um, who on here besides Daryl Dawkins was a superstar? Like. I'm sorry. Don't give me that crap. So then I went to the 83 Sixers and I know this team a little bit better than I knew that 77 because 77 is before I was even born, but he tried to tell me he, this guy's trying to say Mo Cheeks was a, was a superstar. Um, the only superstars on there, are Dr. J and Moses Malone. Exactly. Moses Malone. He's tried yeah, to, there's he no said, super team. He said, Andrew Tony, six man of the year. Yeah, that's a six man, but that that doesn't mean that's who he was that year. Like you can't take what a guy was a year or two before and say, "Oh, he's still that man." <laughs> here, here, here's here, I found the I found the tweets. So here we, and of course Kendrick Perkins has to has to has to throw his. Uh, his <laughs> yeah, I saw Kendrick Perkins he, he like mouthed off Kendrick about Perkins, it, man. He is so far. 
he he is so far up LeBron's rear end. It's not even funny. You know what though? So at least Dr. at least Kendrick at least Kendrick Perkins apologized about Steph Curry and took everything back he's ever said about <laughs> Steph Curry and owned up to that he was wrong about him. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just don't like the part in there where he's like, I was jealous because you were a light skinned man, light skinned brother. Like, dude, what is it? What, what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> so here's uh here here's Dr. J's two teams that he he selected. So it was Magic Michael, Larry, Malone, and Kareem. His other team was Oscar, Jerry, Elgin, uh, Russell, and Chamberlain. Those were his two like teams old school and kind of that other 80s yeah. 90s um and then kendrick goes some of them old heads can't even hide it no more shake my head <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> shut oh, up oh so shut funny. up perkins so funny but, i mean yeah. if i he was goes, going to god this is this and someone's like on here that they're saying someone tweeted back to you and you could tell by his his tag, his name name's Bronze Best. So he's a LeBron lover. That's fine. Whatever. Dr. J, he goes, Dr. J being a hypocrite. All these champion teams were loaded in the 80s. Lakers, Celtics, and his 8376ers. Okay, so first off, here's here's the thing I hate about that. Yeah, there was a lot of talent on the on those teams. One, there wasn't as many teams in the NBA. Two, all those teams, all those those players were pretty much drafted yes. by those teams. Right. So that that shows that shows how good that those teams were at scouting players back in the day. Well, like I said, there was less teams, so your chances of having great teams increased if you knew how to freaking scout players and, and get the right players to your team, which Boston and Boston and, and uh, uh, LA did at that time. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of different things. It's it's just. Uh, um where's the and, and everybody forgets how bad boston was more. before larry bird came to the to the boston celtics like they were terrible for they, a stretch between um before so larry bird russell and, and, and russell yeah, yeah. I, I will say that if i had to if i was going to make a team of the five like in my lifetime if i had to make a, a five lebron has to be on that team. I don't like him, but if I was mm-hmm. going to pick five guys for my lifetime, he would probably be the fifth guy on that team right. for me. But if I'm not picking him, I start to sound a little bit ignorant and like I'm just a hater at that point. So like right. he has to, you have to. I don't. I hate him, but I'm not going to say he's garbage or terrible or what he's not. He he did lead the super team. I feel like he was behind that to some degree. I definitely think he gets some of the responsibility for that, mm-hmm. but. If I was going to pick the five best basketball players I've seen in my lifetime, LeBron is on that list. He's probably five for me. A lot of people have him two or three. So I get in a lot of arguments with people because they think he's two. I don't think he's ever going to be higher than four for me, but I just, yeah. I would put him on my five. As much as I don't <laughs> like him, I think he has to be in my five at least. Yeah. So it's just, it, it's, it's crazy. So, but. You know, it is what it is. You're not going to be able to change it. Um, but I, I agree. You had, and that's what one of the the, the analysts that was saying about uh, Julius Serving is like, you got to have LeBron in there. Like, it doesn't do the service. You're not being fair to the current players by not having LeBron on there. And I have to agree with that. But you also have to you have to think about where's Julius Serving coming from. Like, 
he does not – I don't want to say he doesn't, but it feels like he does not respect today's game. I mean, and a lot of the older I don't, players I don't, don't either. I don't necessarily either. I, I've said on numerous occasions, I, I, I bicker with Jay sometimes because I think basketball was harder 15 or 20 years ago. So, but LeBron's the best player I've seen in the last 15 years. I can't take that away from him, whether I, I, whether I want to or not. I can't like pretend like one of my friends who I'm not going to name has told me on numerous occasions that Steph Curry is overrated. You're ignorant when you start saying dumb shit like that. Like that guy is not overrated. He said no. he's garbage. Like you start to sound ignorant when you start saying dumb shit like that. So oh, yeah. Yeah, I really can't believe you'd call me out like that. It wasn't this. <laughs> yeah. Definitely wasn't anybody on here. It's not even really somebody I talk to anymore, but I just figured I'd try to provide a moment of levity. Oh, just, Jesus. By the way, uh, Steph did, uh, he ended April with 96 threes. Yes, it's just nuts. And he is the only person they said in NBA history to play at least 10 games and finish the month shooting 90, 50, 40. Yes, and Westbrook, so, Westbrook started stroking himself off at night when he <laughs> shut down, when he shut down uh, Steph Curry that night. They interviewed him afterwards, and he's like, yeah, I think I can do anything. Uh I, for, I forget. I wish I could remember the exact quote that he said, but he's like, yeah, if I'm asked to play defense, I can play defense. I'm asked to shoot the ball. I can shoot the ball. If I'm asked to do this, I can do this. I, I guess I can pretty much do any, everything and anything. And then he said, I, I almost mm-hmm. want to say, I felt like he almost said like, I guess I'm like God uh, <laughs> or something. I feel like he said that. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I can't remember the quote. I saw it. I read it and I'm like, oh my God, this guy is so fucking full of himself. But yet as good as he is, and I will take nothing away from Westbrook, he don't got a fucking ring. You can have all the triple doubles in the world that you want. You ain't got a fucking ring. You're going to make the Hall of Fame, but you ain't got a fucking ring. So you're this fucking awesome player play. that can't play with anybody. He's, because... not getting, he's not getting one. So unless no. he ends his career somewhere, tagging on to some team at the tail end of his career. And he plays the six-man role where he's not on the Florida entire he's not time. Getting, he's not getting one. So I don't see that just, happening. I, I just uh, want to point out that I find it a little troubling that Jeremy always seems to want to bring up people stroking themselves for some reason. (laughs) I mean, the fetish with Jeremy, apparently. You can always put a sexual innuendo in in something. Especially if Jeremy and Joe are on here. You can put a sexual innuendo in anything with those two on here. Damn, Skippy. (laughs) I will find a way. (laughs) all right right, so now we're going to get into draft so now we're going to get in the nfl uh and yes the draft has been happening um it's been crazy because there was some stuff that happened last week um that i wanted to talk about but i'm just like yeah throw that out the window let's just talk to draft so So, actually jeremy a couple of gentlemen yesterday came in my store with their philadelphia eagles shit on oh wow they were rocking their (laughs) eagles shit and they had a child with them who was probably a teenager, and he was wearing brown stuff. So I, when they came in my store, I said, how does this happen? Like, how are you guys <laughs> Eagles fans? And he's a Clowns fan. And they're like, uh, we're from Delaware. And they're like, he made that choice. And in my head, I'm like, wow, how do you make that choice? <laughs> so I'm like. I, I said the age he hopped on the Baker Mayfield bandwagon. He must, he must like that were, college football. Hey, cool Baker Mayfield's going to be the only quarterback to start for the Browns three years in a row. They, they, <laughs> they, they, 
never nice guys, Jeremy. And I told Joe, I don't get, I don't get to talk sports with a lot of people because I have to be careful when they come in my store because I don't oh, want to, yeah, yeah. I don't want to go. So <laughs> I actually talked. They actually went to the drafts Thursday night, and they were going. They were also going last night, and they were, they were pretty, cool. they were pretty cool. They were real happy that the Eagles traded up and got Devonta or whatever. They were super happy about that. So, mm-hmm. yes. So I have the list of the draft up, like from you know, what's been going on so far. Um, are you guys aware of who your team has been drafting or kind of have a clue? over now. Well, I know it's over now. Oh, I know but... we all drafted. I, I literally pay attention to every single damn fucking year. Oh, do you? I hope for the best. <laughs> I know <laughs> some people do. And so I normally only pay attention to who they Me get too. in the first two rounds. And then I'm like, I don't give a shit because after the first two rounds, it starts to get pretty watered down and you might get a lucky pick and somebody might kind of turn into a stud, but it's not highly likely. So yeah. the other, here's the other, because Pat, Pat's actually part of this, this story. So during the draft, I was on with my other friends. Mm-hmm. We were group chatting and the rumor all week had been that the Broncos were going to draft Justin Fields. So everybody was like, Oh, here it comes, Matt. So we're like, we're going to stay on until Denver picks. And I'm sitting there for that last couple of minutes. I'm like, fuck, fuck. And then Pat texts me <laughs> and he's like, I'm apologizing for what's about to happen right now. <laughs> so then I just figured it was obvious at that point. They So when they didn't pick him, I was, I was thrilled. I was like, thank you. Thank you. I do not want that fucking quarterback from Ohio state. So then we, we got off the, we got off the podcast. We got off the group chat and then, and Jay Buckeyes fan hates the bears. So as soon as the bears <laughs> traded up, I was like, "Uh Oh, and he texts me and says, fuck. <laughs> Ask Jay if he's buying that bears Jersey yet. Uh, he said that that will not happen. He said there is nothing that could make that happen. And then now supposedly my least favorite quarterback in the NFL could potentially end up in Denver. So maybe I would have rather had Justin Fields than Aaron Rodgers. So I mean, I I hate him. The, Ro- the, Ro- the um, Rodgers thing obviously bears uh, watching. I'm sure there would be other teams that would be interested in it, but you know, the question, of course, would be what would the price be and fucking st- I mean, steep for that guy. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the Packers have no reason to trade him. So, yeah. So, when it comes to, let's see. So, the Eagle uh, Broncos, they took Patrick Sertain. I don't know. You know, I don't follow college bat- football. So, I, this is where I rely on Joe the, and I really on AJ. I'll give the Broncos a, a B minus for their drafts. Like, if they get Aaron Rodgers, then they pass on a quarterback. Then it seems if they, do, if they don't get Aaron Rodgers, then I give them a C because they should have taken a quarterback probably. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. I saw, I know their picks. So, I'm giving them their grade. I, I give them a B minus right now. Okay. So, and then, of course, the Eagles picked right after them because they uh, traded up to screw, if possible, both the uh, Cowboys and the Giants. Uh, well, they I mean, had... they, they, tra- they traded with the Cowboys, so they weren't right. screwing the Cowboys. I think that there was a uh, perception that the Giants would take Devontae Smith, so the Eagles were making a move to, to get ahead of them, and yeah, you know, when you somehow are able to swing a trade with a division rival in order to do that, hey, kudos to you. 
Yeah. And, and I'll be honest, like I was actually surprised because I was like dead set. I'm like, the Eagles are taking a fucking quarterback. They're going to screw this whole draft up again and again and again. And they took a wide receiver and they actually took like a wide receiver that has some credibility from his college career, like actually looks like he could be a stud make and make an impact on the first year. I was oh, like, well, wow. at some point he will. Pretty I was bad. like, damn, they took Devonta, uh, Devonte Smith. I was like, shit. Yeah. yeah when, you guys, when you guys swap picks, I kind of figured that. I had a feeling you guys were going to pick a wide receiver. Yeah. So, so that was nice. I was pretty happy with that. Um, what would you give? What would you give the Eagles as a grade for their draft, Jeremy? Well, based on the positions that they drafted, the first uh, three rounds overall, um, I would say they get a they get a they get a B plus from me, like they really do, because they got they took Devonte Smith in the first round, so they got a wide receiver, which is something that they've been lacking. Like they don't have any studs, so hopefully this guy can come in, learn, become a stud. And then they took in the second round, they took Landon Dickerson from also from Alabama, surprisingly, who's like a guard center. He plays the, you know, plays offensive line, which they needed depth in the offensive line because their offensive line has been decimated over the last couple of years. The issue with him is that he's have he has a pretty extensive injury history. Yeah. And that's, so there lies a possible problem, you know, we'll, we'll hopefully he'll get healthy. And then they took Milton Williams, who I don't, I, I don't know. I didn't know the last guy either because once again, I just don't pay attention to college football. Um, they took Milton Williams, who's a defensive tackle, which they did need help on the defensive line too. The one thing I didn't see them take in the first three rounds, which I wish they would have, and I don't know if they took it in later rounds, they didn't take any defensive backs, which Denver, is a problem. Denver drafted like three, three or four, like they. I think at least three safeties or cornerbacks Denver drafted. So I do see they took him in the fourth round. They took Zach McPherson or Zach McPherson. Sorry, Zach McPherson, who's a cornerback out of Texas Tech. So they did get one in the fourth round, but it's like, okay, you're talking about the fourth round. You're talking about a cornerback. If there wasn't any cornerbacks that you didn't feel were worth taking in the first three rounds, and even by round three, you're kind of, it's like, okay, if we're not taking a cornerback in the first two rounds there there may not be any stud cornerback coming out of college that are worth investing in so it's like okay cornerback was not one of your first options you definitely wanted a wide receiver which i'm okay with and you need to you know you got an offensive lineman okay good you know at least you're trying to strengthen your offense to give yourselves a chance to put points on the board maybe what would you grade the eagle or the giants draft um C plus B minus. Uh, you well, know they you got our next. You got our teams next. Our first well, round pick next year. That's that's <laughs> next year. That's next year. Um, I mean, it's called draft capital. Yeah, <laughs> but that has nothing to do with what they did in terms of their picks this year. I mean, and they they traded one of the picks that they got uh, to to move up five spots in the third round yesterday to take a a cornerback from central Florida, which I didn't think he was the best cornerback available at that point. Obviously somebody else did. So, um, you know, but their, their draft looked a little uninspiring in some ways. Uh, they didn't take any offensive linemen when they could have, like, I really wanted them to take a guard in like the third round. Um, yeah. They took a receiver in the first round. Yeah. Then I mean, that, that kind of came as a shock when, 
I, I see if a few years ago when Jerry Reese was still the GM, they uh, they they panicked when they took uh, Eli Apple because supposedly they wanted to take either Leonard Floyd or Jack Conklin, and they got snatched the two picks ahead of them uh, by other teams trading up ahead of them. And then supposedly it was like, oh, my God, what do we do? And instead of, like, trying to arrange, like, a trade back then, they just basically took Eli Apple, and it was, like, what, 10th or 11th overall, I think, when he had been projected to go, like, in the late 20s. So that's one of the many reasons why the franchise has been in the toilet for close to a decade, because they made terrible draft decisions like that. So anyway... This year, they didn't make that mistake. Like, so the Eagles move up to take Smith ahead of them, and the two cornerbacks were were taken and picked ahead of them as well. Uh, and, like, the other two wide receivers were gone, and Penny Sewell was gone. So it was like they could have taken Rashawn Slater. They could have taken Micah Parsons, which, of course, my dad really wanted them to, being a Penn State guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and But, like, they were supposedly looking at, like, the edge rushers, and, like, none of the edge rushers were worth the 11th pick. So they – pretty smartly traded down. I like the trade they made with the Bears, especially getting a first-round pick next year, which, of course, means, Joe, I hope your team sucks ass this year. Um, <laughs> Still happen. You might get your wish. We'll see yeah, what happens. Then, then when they took Kadarius, Tony, that kind of came as a, yeah, as, as, as a pretty big shocker and everything, too. My biggest concern with him, he's got an exciting highlight reel. Uh, hopefully he can do something for the Giants' return game, which always seems to be shit. Um, but I'm worried that where he excels, like the types of plays where he excels are not the type of plays that Jason Garrett calls. Mm. So I don't know if it's a great fit between the talent and the scheme. We'll have to wait and see. I thought they did good getting, um, Ojolari where they did, especially because they traded back again in the second round and they got another pick for next year. They picked up a, a third round pick next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought that was good value, but the rest of the guys were like, they took two corners, another edge rusher from a, from a smaller school and a running back, which it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. They but, took two linebackers. I saw in the first four rounds, they took uh, yeah, Aziz Ojolari from Georgia and Ellerson Smith from Northern Iowa. They're both considered like edge rushers basically mm-hmm. where they definitely need help. And Ojolari from think, Georgia will help you guys a lot. Yeah, Ojolari, I think, slipped as much as he did because there was concerns about like him having a, quote, degenerative condition in his leg, which, according to a lot of stuff I read, is like they were saying, well, that's probably arthritis. I'm like, I think somebody can probably play through arthritis, you know, so we'll, we'll, we'll yeah, see. Yeah, quarter zone shot in the leg. He'll be good to go. <laughs> yeah, but um, you get uh, – so I, I liked a lot of the stuff that they did in the offseason. I believe they felt like – so it's like, well, this is the make-or-break year for Daniel Jones. Barkley's coming back. They signed Kenny Galladay. They drafted Kadarius Tony. They added Kyle Rudolph. And they still have Evan Engram and Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton and this mm-hmm. and that. So it's like, yeah, it's great. That offensive line better be a little bit better the next year. And they, they cut Kevin Zeitler. So they're going to go with Will Hernandez and Shane Lemieux at guard. Too. They've both been pretty uninspiring. And – Andrew Thomas started to play better as last year went on, but you know, he had a very struggle, you know, he struggled a lot in his rookie year. So their offensive line is still pretty suspect. And it's like it's great that they got all these weapons, but if nobody's going to be there to block, it isn't going to matter. And who knows what that would mean then if they fall flat on their face and and Daniel Jones struggles again. And you know, 
it might be a really good thing that they have all those picks next year because they might have to be looking for another new quarterback. We'll, we'll you know, we'll have to wait and see. So we have one for you. We have three. Well, we can spare you. We'll trade you Nick Foles. You want something to back no, up I mean, Daniel whoever, Jones? I mean, whoever's coming out from college. <laughs> Joe, what, what would you I, give I, to the Bears? I haven't, looked, I haven't even looked at that yet to see like who the top prospects are for next year. What would you give the Bears, Joe? A fucking plus. An A fucking plus. <laughs> and I will tell you why. We just drafted a quarterback that's the most talented. I don't whatever the fuck he does in the NFL, but he's the most talented quarterback out of college we've ever drafted in our whole fucking existence. All right, <laughs> Justin Fields, <laughs> with the exception of Sid Luckman. Like seriously, go through all the quarterbacks the Bears have drafted after Sid Luckman has had retired from the Bears. And you look at that laundry list of just cluster fuck after. Listen, Jimmy Matt was great, but he wasn't a great quarterback. Like no. that he he managed an offense that was went to the Super Bowl and dominated the NFL that was just total defense. And you had like one of the greatest running backs of all time, Walter Payton in your backfield. So you have a safety blanket. He um, he, he 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 might be good, Joe. The biggest the biggest thing for me is and I told Jay this the other day. Ohio State quarterbacks don't do they there's no proven track record in the NFL. That's why I didn't want him. Not because I don't like the Buckeyes, it's because they haven't put a good quarterback in the NFL in no. a really, really, really long time. So their track record doesn't speak well for themselves currently. Somebody's got to change that. So uh, well, we need him to change that first off. So we definitely need that to happen. Um, listen, it is what it is. Uh we drafted two linemen after that. Uh, one of the kids is, I think his first name is Tevin Jenkins, is the last name. I gotta restrain you to the restroom. Wait, played for Oklahoma State. There's a highlight reel of him against Texas. And this is like, uh, you, you can Google it because a lot of people go to this. He takes the defense alignment and pretty much, I think it's a run play, pushes the dude into his own bench, like out of bounds. Like he pretty much pancakes the shit out of this guy and just pushes, manhandles his dude out of the, out of, Straight to the bench. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> nice. Um, the dude can pass block in and, and run block, so he's good. We tapped with two linemen uh, the two rounds after that. The one thing I have to say about the Bears is they usually, even previous. Yeah, but they GMs didn't have a pick in, in round three and four. No, we traded We traded uh, our third-round pick to move up in, in the second round to take this offensive lineman because this offensive lineman was highly rated. I think he was a top mm-hmm. five. And he has a he was a eighty five percent projectile to be a first round pick. <laughs> projectile, so they, so they, nice. <laughs> so they moved up uh, to get him, but we usually always find people. We do really well drafting in rounds five, uh, four through six. We always find good players. We took a running back, a wide receiver, a cornerback, and a defensive tackle for the rest of the draft. Yeah, I believe you know two out of those late round draft picks will actually make will. Uh, contribute to the team next year in some manner and listen we have an extra game next year so those uh those these x these late round draft picks are probably going to mean a little bit more than they normally would yeah i'm I seeing mean, it's who only the... one game but still that one game sometimes means a lot for a lot of players yeah i'm seeing who the bears took in round six they took khalil herbert out of virginia tech yeah he's one of those short speedy running backs Listen, he only had 154 carries, but he rushed for like ele- over 1,100 yards and 10 touchdowns. That's crazy. He's one of those guys who I was reading up on him. He has like breakaway speed. 
like he breaks through the line. He goes from like gear five to gear eight. I guess the Jets feel like trading away a quarterback and getting a new one in the uh, first round. Zach Wilson, they took from BYU, is going to be their savior, I guess. They need a lot more help than a quarterback. It's the Jets, so he won't be. (laughs) But just as all everybody predicted, uh, every you know sports analyst, every expert predicted, Trevor Lawrence went first. Sunshine to to, to to the Jaguars. That was probably out of all the drafts. That was this is probably the most obvious number one pick out of like there's always like there's always like people like if you like i pay attention when it comes to the drafts and stuff like that and the mock drafts and all that stuff and there's always a point there there, there's always disagreements on who's going to be number one this is the first time that i've seen in a very very long time where everybody was like trevor lawrence trevor lawrence trevor lawrence like he's going number one and he did just like everybody said he would (laughs) i think he was probably the most obvious number one pick since probably like andrew luck yeah, I was going to say, Andrew, yeah, that was the last time because he was pretty much obvious to be picked number one. Yeah. And, and it's just so many teams need help the in the quarterback of the, area. Of, yeah. yeah. I think the cool stat of the night was uh, was the the fact that uh, the wide receivers that were taken in the first uh, 10 picks all played for those quarterbacks the previous year in college or a year or two before that. Mm-hmm. So the guy who got drafted by the Bengals, the Bengals played with Burrow. Played with, played with Burrow. Your guy that Devonte Smith played, played with, with Jalen Hurst, Hurst. Mm-hmm. when he was at Oklahoma before um, at Alabama before he went to Oklahoma. And what was the other one? There was Waddle another one. Tua. Waddle and Tua who are now with yeah, Dolphins. yeah. That was the other one. Yep, Tua and Waddle. Yep. That was a kind of crazy cool yeah. fun fact. That's that's a stumper question for a future. Hey, also the future at, there. The, uh, at the draft, did everybody see that the Macho Man is back? The yeah. what? You guys didn't see that? No, I, 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 I didn't actually watch the draft. I was just I only watched the first until Denver picked, and then I, I turned it off. There was this uh, Browns fan who was like a, a Macho Man cosplayer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's back. <laughs> um, yeah, I I gave him kudos for the outfit. He he looked a hell of a lot like uh, Randy Savage, though. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Which uh, gives me a segue, but I don't know if we're done on this topic. I mean, yeah, we can go to wrestling. I, I actually, well, but before we, I I do want to mention two things about the NFL. Now that we talked about the draft, because that was the most important. I wanted to make sure we got a chance to talk about the draft, but. You know, with the whole COVID thing going on and, and pretty much all of us are like, this could be fucking over now. I'd like to go back to regular life. You know, uh, there was some things that were released in one. And these two things just happened to catch my eye because they were about COVID. The first one is the Buffalo Bills issue vaccine requirements for all attendants and to be employed there. They well, you're not allowed to be employed by the Buffalo Bills organization unless you get vaccinated. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Like if you want to go to the game, you have to be vaccinated. Adam, Adam told me for Yankees games, you either have to have your vaccinations or you have to have had a COVID test in the last 48 hours. He said that that's what's the rules at Yankees games. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. And then places are doing it. Yeah. So and that was just the first NFL team that announced that they're doing that. That's why that caught my eye. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, and then the card. NFL as a whole has required that 
if you're a tier one or a tier two employee of the NFL, you have to be vaccinated in order to keep your access without, um, unless um, you have a bona fide, and this is in the wording of, because they, I saw a, a copy of the, like, bona fide. The, the, yes, a bona fide medical or religious reason because if they do not get vaccinated and you're a tier one or tier two level employee which means you have access to the players directly you lose that access which i think is makes sense it makes sense because they don't want people it's one thing if the players give it to each other or their family gives it to them but they don't want the employees to give it to the players you know nfl employees or vice versa yeah or yeah same thing so yeah, the uh, colleges, the colleges down here are doing it. Duke University already announced some stuff like that, where you know, um, if you want to live on campus or go to, I don't know if was live on campus and um, go to classes on campus, you have to be vaccinated. UNC's doing something like that, same thing. Some of the colleges down here are starting to start to do the same stuff. That they're talking about, um, they're going to vote about the, the the sports too, about the players being vaccinated, possibly for next um college basketball football season and all that stuff so we'll see what happens with that too yeah it'll be interesting yeah i mean on a similar note because you uh you know aj mentioned uh you know the yankees you know baseball's got a thing right now where it's like uh the uh the team in the dugout you know they all have to be like wearing masks and stuff unless they the team has achieved like 85 percent uh you know vaccination among like the players the coaches like the staff and mm-hmm. everything uh the yankees i know have hit that threshold so like now aaron boone like for example like you know, the last couple of days he hasn't been wearing a mask or a few days ago he was so they hit that threshold but i think i heard at least one team i think it one i want to say it was the royals um are not looking like they're going to hit 85% because I guess they have enough holdouts that are like refusing to get the vaccination, which kind of makes me wonder how that's playing in the clubhouse among their teammates who did get the vaccination, you know? So, um, yeah, interesting, interesting thing to kind of speculate about, but yeah, obviously I totally understand why they want to get such a high vaccination rate because, you know, the last story that I saw, I don't remember where it was now or what the numbers were that they were citing, but they were saying that they don't think at this rate with the number of people who are getting vaccinated that will actually achieve herd immunity because not enough people are going to get vaccinated still. So please, if you're out there listening to this, get vaccinated. Um, you know, but uh, <laughs> it's our bats plug. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's like if we're not going to hit herd immunity through vaccinations, then it's like we're you're just going to have to keep wearing fucking masks to public places. So we'll see how it goes. That's what it is. I, I can actually segue into wrestling. I saw. Yeah, please do, I, because I'm like biting my tongue right okay. now. So I, <laughs> please I go saw, into wrestling. I want to say it was, I want to say it was Buffalo's second or third round pick that jumped off the ladder through a table after he got drafted. That's fucking awesome. 
Oh, oh no. he did the he did the Bills Mafia dive. Yes, yes, he did the Bills. I, I, I heard them talking about like, oh, he did something on Instagram or whatever, yeah. but they didn't say what. They just said it, it was, was the that. Most yes. thing ever. And I was like, so that's our that's our segue into wrestling. The crazy Bills fans. The guy was like, I'm gonna do this. <laughs> well, well, here was well, here was my segue into wrestling because I brought up that Macho Man cosplayer. Has anybody watched any of the? Uh, I, I watched the both. The A and E biography. I watched them both. Yeah, I have I, not yet. I, I watched both of them too. Uh, I was actually surprised by the Austin one because I thought it would be just basically a retelling of his of his peak years, and it definitely wasn't. So I thought there was a lot of interesting stuff there, and you know the Piper one I thought was really good too because they. What are these, Steve? What are we talking? They're on A and E. There, there's every, a every a- Sunday. There's this eight episode series right now on of you know their biography show where they're covering wrestlers. They did they they did Austin and Piper tomorrow night. They're doing Macho Man. Yep. And future episodes I think are covering Ultimate Warrior, Booker T, Bret Hart, and I don't remember the other two. I remember seeing that and I didn't Yeah. I didn't I didn't catch I think Foley too. I thought Foley was yeah, you're right. It is. It is Foley. Uh, thank you for that. The mixer. Um, but uh, like, the, I love that they showed like uh, footage of Piper from like the territories before he hit WWF. Like they talked about. <laughs> I had heard this story before, but they like, talked about how he had so much heat, like where he went, like when he was first working in uh, big time wrestling in Los Angeles in the late seventies. You know, he came out and he said he was going to play the because he was feuding with like I think it was it was probably Hector and Chavo Guerrero Senior. You know, he was feuding with them, and he came out and he said, you know, he was going to play the Mexican national anthem on his bagpipes, and he starts playing La Cucaracha, <laughs> and they said that the place went freaking nuts. People were trying to kill him, which is like. Both goes to That's show you heat, how, baby. how much of a heat magnet he was. Wow, heat. And, and, and just also how different wrestling was back then, too, because, you know, you just you don't get crowds where they, they want to kill the, the heels anymore. You know, He said like, he had to he said he wore a jacket with Kevlar in it because he got yeah. almost, somebody tried to stab him three different times. Well, he did get stabbed once they talked about when he got stabbed and everything. And like they said, like, yeah, he was like you know, holding his chest and like that. He like uncovered it and like with each heartbeat. Like blood spurting out of the freaking hole and shit. So it was um, interesting to hear Hogan and, Hogan and Mr. T talk about how Piper didn't want to take the fall at WrestleMania and that he fucked up by not wanting to be the one to eat the pin or like lose that match. Well, I understood that because that was his thing. It's like he never, he, he always usually got DQ'd, you know, and everything. It's like, I know, but Hogan said he had that conversation with him years later and Piper said, fuck. Right. Which, like I messed up. <laughs> which I don't know whether or not to believe that because Hogan is a known embellisher. Let's put it that way. <laughs> embellisher. Um, you know, but I mean, when Hogan talked about getting the voicemail from Piper, I mean that that was definitely eerie. And for anybody out there who saw the episode or didn't see the episode. Hogan said that he got a voicemail from Roddy Piper after Roddy Piper had, had passed away. And they, they played part of it where he said that, hey, I'm thinking about you and walking with Jesus. And so it's like, is it possible to get a voicemail late? Joe and I can both tell you, yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, especially especially on a cell phone network, you know, it's, uh, 
it's so common an issue that uh, when we both worked at a uh, a national cell phone carrier, <coughs> you <won't. laughs> uh, like you know, there there's like specific steps for what to do if people are getting delayed voicemails. So it is possible, but yeah. again, in Togan, you never know. But yeah, it's just when you when you're hearing the voice of a you know of a of a guy who's just passed away saying that he's thinking of you and walking with Jesus, you know, that's definitely eerie. So. Uh, assuming that story was true when Hogan said that messed him up for a few days, yeah, it probably messed me up for a few days too. So, well, we did but see I, Hogan, you know, Hogan play a pirate, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, both, both, the first two were were both very good, and you know, we'll see. I'm, I'm definitely going to watch the Savage one tomorrow night. So, yeah, uh, that should be very interesting. Yeah, because yeah, it was kind of funny because for whatever reason, I was thinking about like because we we do our Mount Rush, you know, and everything. And so I was saying to myself, gee, if I were to do a Mount Rushmore of the wrestlers who meant the most to me, like like growing up and everything, mm. it's like three of them for me are easy. Hogan, Savage, Piper. The fourth one I have to think about a little bit. There's a bunch of guys who it could be, but Hogan, Savage, Piper is like right off the bat, you know? So, um, you know, the fact that two of them are no longer with us and one of them is kind of a piece of shit. Uh <laughs> really sucks but <laughs> you know so i analyze these guys and now they're dead and they're horrible people <laughs> yeah uh, i mean shit you know we're 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 it's uh i think it's like only two or three weeks away is the uh the freaking 10th anniversary of when macho man died so it's like it's already been 10 years since he passed away that's yeah that's crazy hard, hard, that's, that's hard to believe so yeah it's nuts aj what do you got i know i can tell you you're biting at the you're you're Daniel Bryan lost. He's off SmackDown. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it just, it just means he's going to go to Raw, right? Uh, Meltzer says NXT. Mm, okay. I guess I can see that. There's more. Yeah, I can see it too. There's more possibilities for, for good stuff actually there than there is on Raw. There, there probably is. You're, you're probably right about that. Um, just because it's really Ro- Roman got new music last night, too. Finally, that's, Roman got new music. I was going to say, that's about time. I mean, he pretty much should have from the moment he turned heel. I mean, I, uh, I liked it. It wasn't um, awful. I'm iffy. I got to hear it any, like, uh, I'm iffy like, island-type theme to it. I feel like there's a little bit of, like, mm-hmm. kind of. Kind of, sort of. Let me see if I can find Roman Reigns. It's just more kind of like a, a menacing theme music as well, per se. It's not menacing. Uh, I mean, that's not good because it should be. No, it is menacing for the most oh, part. Yeah, but okay. it just—it's more of a menacing tone, like the music. Kind of has yeah. seems like some tribal stuff in there. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just not sure if I'm. I gotta listen to it more. I'm not sure if I'm down with it yet. Right, I, it wasn't just, It wasn't like. It wasn't like when I heard Adam Cole's new music and threw up in the toilet. <laughs> so it wasn't like yeah, that terrible. Was we're Probably gonna we're not. gonna see uh we're gonna see AEW's version of War Games this Wednesday. Yes, I, blood, uh, and guts. blood and guts. I'm going to. I've already uh, called uh, Stephen P. New, and I'm preparing the lawsuit if uh, we do not get blood and guts. I mean, we're we're getting blood. I'm sure of that. So, oh, we'll definitely get blood. There better be guts, guts. Too, otherwise, I'm suing for false advertising. <laughs> can, 
Kenny yeah, Omega yeah, has yeah, three yeah. belts. Kenny Omega has three belts now. So. Oh yes, I watched. The, I actually ordered the Impact pay per view. It wasn't ex- as expensive as I thought it was going to be. Because like, yeah, might as well. I so I so watch Impact on a weekly based uh, weekly basis, it's and only, uh, it was only forty bucks. Yeah, it was only forty bucks. <laughs> Thirty nine ninety nine. Whatever yeah, they used to be like rose to sixty. Roman's new music. Kind of sounds like something somebody would make like on a Mac. I, I still I still I still don't get impact because uh RCN doesn't carry access unless some exchange and I missed it. So yeah, I just uh I I, I enjoyed the pay-per-view because they impact has guys who can go. They have guys who definitely can go. So I I like watching the matches with those guys. And then you know the the big semi surprise is good old X formerly known as Big Kaz showed up on the uh, Impact pay per view. I don't remember his first name. Uh, w Morrissey. Morrissey's going by. So uh, uh, he showed up as part of uh, um, uh, an, a six man tag for Eric Young's team. And uh, yeah, he's pretty jacked. Act and definitely some scary, messy looking motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> they cut a promo on this week's show and beat the crap out of another dude. So it seems like he's a, uh, I don't know. I haven't read to see if he's officially signed, but it kind of seems like he is. So that's a good ad for impact. That'll, that'll help them. Well, yeah, he got, uh, he got that. kicked out of WWE because he was running fast and hard and like was making some bad choices. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, In- so Patrick, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, my curiosity is peaked, Pat. I, I think I've asked you this question once before, but Uh-oh. I'm going to ask you again. Um, when I watch like the dark side of the ring stuff, I like Jim Cornette on there. That's the only time I like him. I don't understand why he is the way he is, unless he's just trying to get heat on himself at this point, because Jay's been sending me clips of his ramblings on his podcasts, like some of the garbage that he's spewing out of his mouth at this point. And I don't understand why, like, if you want to like take some tag team, that's like mediocre and you want to like say they're garbage and rip on them and stuff, that's fine. But if you want to take the tag team, that's arguably been the best tag team in the world for the last four or five years and say they're like little kids trying to play wrestling you start to sound like an ignorant fool when you say stuff like that, because you're like, I just, I don't understand. Like he's so not right about that. Like if he doesn't like them, that's fine. But to say that there are children trying to play wrestling is a little bit ridiculous when, like I said, they're winning, they win tag team awards every year. So it's not like it's just me or people who are marks for them that think they're good. It's obviously other people see these guys as super talented and very good at what they do. So I don't understand why he's like the way he is sometimes, like now he calls them the Cucamonga kids. And I know Jay said he also calls name, them, but I hate it. He, he doesn't, apparently he doesn't like Kenny Omega either, which doesn't really surprise me. Well, uh, and, and I just want to make a real quick comment and I'll let Darth Pat, of course, you know, give his analysis, but the, you're talking about two different, you know, you're talking about two different scenarios. You're talking, they're talking about old time wrestlers and he's telling stories that he has and about them. 
Right. Because it's in one, it's in his wheelhouse. And two, he's not really given an opinion. He's telling them like things that he got to see and experience with this particular person or a story or something like that. When it comes to talking about new wrestling, you said it many times, he is a promoter of old school seventies, eighties, early nineties wrestling. Like if it's not like that kind of wrestling, if it's too much high flying, not enough, what he believes is storytelling in his eyes, then it's not good wrestling or good business, which is kind of silly because wrestling is making money all over the place. Like, and, and it's not just, I mean, the independent scenes of course taking a hit, but AEW is making money. WWE is making money regardless of what his personal opinion is of the actual product. So it's, he's, he, he, I think he's, he might even just be a little bitter because nobody wants him to be around and, and being held, able to write storylines and put his input into, and he, the he game's was, outgrown him. He know? was good at booking and stuff in his career. So I'm not saying I don't, I used yeah. to like him. I used Absolutely. to like him a lot. And I, and I, and I just, he annoyed, he just, I just, I'm like, why is he saying this stuff? Because he's, like I said, he's like making himself sound somewhat ignorant at times by saying stuff about like people who are, like I said, generally recognized as being one of the best, even if you don't think they're the best tag team in the world, they're top three for sure. Like, no, if if you say somebody's better than them, fine, but they're like top three no matter what. I know Joe yeah. likes Lucha Brothers a little bit better than them. So you put the Lucha Brothers ahead of them, that's fine. But they're still like top two or three. And it's not like I said, it just happened. They've been, yeah. it's been them for several years. Like the last five, six years, they've been in that discussion every year. <laughs> Pat does the four life. I like it. <laughs> what? Pat did the. Oh, he's fucking smart ass. <laughs> um, look, I'm not going to defend Cornette's, you know, opinions because they're his opinions. Um, just to kind of address what Jeremy said there about, you know, AEW and WWE is making money. As a wise man once said, well, it's no trick to make a lot of money if all you want is to make a lot of money. Um. Regarding, you heard that from me, AJ, regard, regard, regarding what AJ <laughs> was saying, why does he hate Omega and the Bucks? Um, Omega, he hates because of uh, wrestling the Invisible Man, wrestling women, uh, having a fetish for these uh, Japanese female wrestlers that uh, all kind of look like they came straight out of Sailor Moon. Um, those are the reasons he doesn't like Omega. Uh, he also, I guess, doesn't like all the hand shit that Omega does. You know, which is funny because whenever I've like watched an Omega match, it's like I, I never see that as much, or, or you know, it just notice it, that either. So, or if it, there was one match, I noticed, there was one match I noticed he was doing it. Uh, one of his matches that I watched sometime in the last year or so, where I noticed he was doing it, but it didn't really bother me. I was just yeah, like. Nah, nah. I I, th I think that's a little just like you know, tic tac bullshit. Nitpicky, nitpicking. Mm -hmm. so, so, sorry, um, that to me is kind of like well, you're you're looking for a reason to bitch about, you know. Um, look, I've still never really watched enough of the Young Bucks to really have a, a 
firm, solid opinion of them one way or the other. Uh, I think they can do a lot of interesting stuff. Um, there's some matches of theirs I've seen, which are definitely spot fests. With I no mean, I'm not, I've said, I've said there's, they've there's, done that before too. With, so. with, with, with no, with no psychology that then border on the ridiculous. Um, I've never really heard them talk, so I don't think that they're good promos. I know Cornette and his co-host have both said that they think that their promos are shit. One so. is and one isn't. So one, yeah. one they, they, is. They've, they've said that too. They've Matt, said that one Matt's, of, Matt's good. Nick's not. They've so. said that. Yeah. Yes. They have said that if they had to listen to one of them, it would be Matt. But that it's still not. Um. You know, they still don't really like either one of them. I mean, I. I gave them a, I believe when I ranked them, I believe I gave them a six or seven out of 10 on the mic. And if, if I gave it was mostly Matt, Nick was probably a two. So I, I, Joe's, Joe's done some of that stuff with us. Like when I, when I like rate people, I don't pull any punches with them. Like if they suck or if they're not good at something, I, I dig them. I don't play games with people. So the bucks aren't great. On, they're not, they're not wrong. They're not upper echelon mic people. So, yeah. no. um, I mean, one, one, one problem that I do have with the Bucks, and, and this is really picking on something that's probably not, you know, their fault. Uh, and it's not necessarily, some, not necessarily something that they can control. But they're twigs. I mean, it is a little hard sometimes to take them seriously in the ring. The, the thing that it, I'll, I'll say this, frankly, this is my opinion. The thing that annoys me the most about the Bucks. Oh, and I, I <laughs> like that. have no fucking muscles of any kind. <laughs> they're not like I don't understand how they have no muscle. Like they're they really not like have no muscles. They have I mean, muscles, like, but they're not very I, big or I, I defined went, and went, all that stuff. I went and I watched that match uh, against Phoenix and Pac from a couple from a couple weeks ago. I thought it was a really good match. I didn't think it was five stars. But I thought it was a really good match. It was entertaining. Um, it had psychology. I liked that they were definitely they definitely worked differently than I've seen them work before, which I think is good since they're now officially heels and everything. Yeah, you need to work a little differently as heels. And so you got to tone down some of those high spots, and I think they definitely did that. And I give them credit for that. I really do. It's just when they still come out and they do that stupid ass pose of theirs when they have no fucking <laughs> muscles. And then when they announced their weight, and I just, you know, look, I'm not afraid to admit this, but when I outweigh the two of them combined, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. It just, it just uh, makes me go like, you know, yeah, should we really be wrestling? They're going to get themselves hurt out there, you know? <laughs> so I, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I'll say this because, because Cornette talks about AEW every week. It's like he reviews Dynamite every week on his, because, he has two podcasts during the week, Saturday and Tuesday. I like the Tuesday one better because Tuesdays where he's like answering fan questions mostly and, and stuff yeah, like that. That's where I got a clip of him where he was making fun of them because they were wearing expensive shoes to wrestle in. And I'm like, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think when I, when I was listening to that, I think I, I think I largely tuned, tuned that one out. <laughs> I guess to get to the next thing. Um, I haven't listened to his podcast from today, but I know like he reviews this past week's Dynamite. And since I don't typically watch Dynamite, you know, I, I don't really always hear everything he says or really like take it all in because he he does have a tendency to uh, 
scorch the earth one week, right? Scorch that same earth the next week. Scorch that same earth the next week. Scorch that same earth. You see what I mean? It gets it gets repetitive with the way that he uh, that he bitches about some of these guys. So it's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, just get to the next match, or you yeah, know, stop get, being. Uh, it, it, like I said, it, it sounds like he's a bitter old man. Like, stop being bitter. Like the game has changed. It's not the same as it used to be. It, it, the product has to change. Like eventually, it has to change. You can't do the same shit all the fucking time. The main psychology behind wrestling should remain the same, and it's got to. But. It, the how it's done is changed well look he he freely acknowledges wrestling has changed and he says you know look it ain't ever going back to the way it was he he knows that is he bitter mm-hmm. about that probably to a certain extent yes but you know it's not like he's like saying oh it's got to go back to the way it was he's there have been times where he has said look this is how they should be doing it and I got to be honest, when t- when he does stuff like that, I really kind of sit there nodding saying, yeah, that sounds like it would be a lot better than what you're describing to me did happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's. Well, yeah, and we sit I, here. I, I, th- I, th- I think I think that one of the biggest problems is that I really don't know if Tony Khan really knows what he's doing. I don't know if he's the right person to be in charge of this shit, but I don't know if the talent that you know who are like the evps supposedly uh are either because then then you're going to get way too close to like situations like late 90s wcw when they started being shit and like hogan and everybody else were just saying you know creative control and then like stuff went and changed and all this and that so you know we'll, we'll see again like i said i still hope that aew does get better but um you know well uh, i mean this cornet's gonna be cornet and just one other quick thing. Uh, one personal issue I do have with the Young Bucks, too. I'm pretty sure that before AEW started, they were a couple of the guys who were out there saying about, like, you know, there needs to be, like, you know, a wrestler, wrestler should have a union and wrestlers should get yeah. benefits and this, that, and the other thing. And then AEW started and they became, like, you know, EVPs, which means that in addition to being, like, on-screen talent, they have probably backstage salaries and are probably now getting those benefits for themselves and everything. You haven't really heard them talking about how wrestlers should have a union and benefits since then. I wonder why. Jesse Ventura started that whole shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but it's, 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 I, I don't, I don't like the uh, apparent hypocrisy there of saying one thing and then when your, your situation changes, all of a sudden you, you don't hear any more about it. So, that's a per, that's a personal issue that I have with the Bucks. It has anything to do with wrestling? Oh, another personal issue I have with the Bucks is uh, related to something we don't we don't discuss <laughs> about on their we don't discuss on this show. Apparently, their father is uh, out there. So, oh, politically, okay. I'm like, what the fuck? They did. Right. Oh. There, was UFOs? A, there was a uh, there was a thing this week where. One of the Bucks was wearing Seth Rollins' jacket, and Rollins tweeted, how did my jacket go through the forbidden door? <laughs> I did see that. I, I, saw, I, saw up, that. I, I, thought, I thought that was funny. Those guys are friends, so I think it's you know it's all good fun with all that. Well, I, so. I, I, I like how they refer to him as Tyler. So <laughs> Yes. <Yeah. laughs> I want to go back to one thing that you said, Pat, about uh, Cornette 
chiming in and saying, you know, uh, you, sh- you could write it this way, you could do it this way, and y- and you agreeing with that. We have had those discussions between us four, at probably numerous times, whether it's on the podcast or not, about what the fuck are they doing in wrestling right now? Like, why do they have? Why is the story? It, there are so many things I think. I think we really need to do that one time and just sit down and like pick apart like a raw or a fucking. It's easy to pick that show apart. So like that <laughs> one's like, like the easiest of all of them. So if we want something easy, that's fun to shit on people. That's the easiest <laughs> show to do. Jesus. So just, to, just to see what kind of storylines we like, can hey, throw writers, people in and be like, Hey, and, this, this will, this will make a little bit more sense. Like, why don't they do this? We're not booked. He was a booker and sometimes he was good at it and sometimes he wasn't. And I think that that happens to everybody. I don't think you're always going to be a great booker. So I think sometimes because the Bucks and Kenny and Cody are doing that stuff, they maybe are not always making the right decisions, but they're new at it. So they're probably going to make some mistakes here or there. I actually think they did a pretty good job because they didn't put themselves over right out of the gate. They said, we're going to put other people over. We're going to wait a year or a year and a half. Kenny's, they had to put the belt on Kenny at this point. Like he's hot right now. Like you had to put the belt on him. If you don't put the belt on Kenny, you're fucking up the whole company at that point. Like when you're mm-hmm. really, really good at what you do, eventually you have to win the belts. Like whether you have power to do it or not, when you're the best wrestler in the world and the best tag team in the world, arguably at some point you have to have belts. Maybe you don't need to have them for five years, but you need, they needed to put the belts on themselves for a while to see what happens because you can't just keep saying, okay, you, we're never going to win the belts, even though we probably should like somewhere in there when you're the best, you need to win the belts. So mm-hmm. I, I, I think that they've, they were smart by not putting themselves over right out of the gate and they waited a while and it's good right now. They still, they're still WCW to me because every week we have to have fucking run-ins in the last match and five, 15 people beating each other up at the end of every week. Like that's, the, they can't so not do right that. Now. They can't not do that. It's like at one out of every two episodes, the last match, there's either going to be interference in the match or there's going to be shit happening after the match is over. That's because they got too many factions. Everybody's in a faction right now. They, they do. They it's do. The faction funhouse. It is definitely the faction funhouse. I, I believe Britt Baker and Lance Archer are the only two people that aren't really in a faction, but they both have a manager. So, well, I mean, yeah, yeah and because like again, I'm rewatching, you know, Nitro versus Raw, and we're in September 1996. We just you know, we, we just hit fall brawl. Um, but like the weeks pre- preceding that fall brawl, like, you know, the shows ended with the NWO hitting the ring and destroying everybody. And those first couple of weeks, you know, that was a lot of fun because it was showing just how destructive they were and how nobody could stand up to them. And at that point in the storyline, that's what was necessary. But, you know, fast forward a year and that shit's still going on. It's, it's gotten, it's gotten old, you know, so yeah, pretty quick. Um, Nobody can stop us ever. Now, you said about like the Bucks not putting them title, the titles on themselves and, and getting other people over and everything. And I agree um, because, you know, they were, when AEW started, they were definitely one of the, the talents that, you know, at least some people would know. Were established. They were, they were somewhat a household name. Yeah. I mean, it's not like the same, like, say, like, you know, when Nitro lasted and, you know, or started and, you know, people knew who Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage and Ric Flair and Sting were and, and all that. It's not, it's not like that, but 
um, you know, yeah, the, 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 at least a lot of people know who they were and everything. But this is one of my criticisms of AEW as well. You mentioned putting people over. Who has gotten over in AEW that wasn't somewhat known already when they started? Darby. Okay. I'd Orange still Cassidy. Say, I'd still say they're mid-card at best, though. Okay, but you to be over, you don't have to be in the main event picture. You got to get up to – well, okay. That's what I'm saying, I guess, maybe, then. Like, who's gotten to, like, a really, really big love? Like, you know, I mean, Darby, Darby's got the TNT title. He's defended it, like, ten weeks in a row. Like, he's definitely – he fought in a match with Sting. Like, he's definitely over. Like, I would say he's over. But okay. If, Orange Cassidy is over. Whether they're not using him correctly now that he's over, that maybe is their own fault. But Orange Cassidy's over. His merch is selling. So, well, like that's that that's something I was I was going to say. I mean, I I think Orange Cassidy's ridiculous. I do. I agree with Cornette on that. What I've seen of Orange Cassidy, I think he sells great, but I think his gimmick is fucking stupid. Um, it needs to change yeah, at it, some it, point. It, it, it it did seem like that putting him in that thing with Jericho was getting over, but now it just seems like he's in afterthought kind of storyline at the moment. I mean, I, no, he, but okay. that could be the booking of him. They, they got, he got over and he is selling merchandise. So, sure. but they're well, not, like, I guess they need, they needed to try to take it somewhere else where he'd still be in a more visible role. They're, I mean, MJF, MJF is, to me is over so like he's yeah. a, he's a guy that and and that's and that's i mean he that's the one guy who i really think that they should be paying a lot of time and attention to but i don't know if doing a faction war is necessarily the, the right way of doing it but eh, i mean he's, at, the, he's, at, the, at the same time the way they did it I mean, they, they kind of have to have to have gone they're, they're, but he's also young enough that you don't necessarily have to put the world title on him now like oh, no, can, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying he necessarily needs the title because you could even make a pretty compelling argument that he is Roddy Piper asking that he doesn't need a title. He's he, like, he deserves he it, though. Title. Yeah. yeah. But, dude, how many times do you see guys throughout wrestling history, though, who were like kind of like were able to get over without a title? I mean, Roddy Piper is one guy like that. Jake Roberts was a guy like that. Yeah. Um, shit, Sting didn't have a title a lot. Uh, this is a bad example because he was always at the center of the storylines, but Dusty Rhodes didn't have the title a whole hell of a lot, but you know, he was pretty much always the, the main focus, especially when he was doing the booking, baby. <laughs> yeah. yeah listen, I'm going to be in this storyline, too. Listen, 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 baby. Ricky Morton just pinned Ric Flair right in the middle of that ring on that episode of World Championship Wrestling. And then when Ricky's going to be interviewed by Tony Schiavone, I'm going to come out and basically just steal all of Ricky's interview time even though Ricky just won the match, baby. That, <laughs> that legitimately just happened on a, because uh, on Schiavone's podcast with, with Conrad Thompson, they're going through uh, like every episode of uh, of their of uh, Crockett Television from '86, and that seriously happened. They aired a match on TV where Ricky Morton pins Ric Flair, and instead of letting Ricky Morton talk after the match, Dusty came out and was like, "Oh, baby, that was so great! It was amazing, and I'm coming for you in New Orleans, Ric Flair." Come on, yeah, uh, I just want to throw my <laughs> yeah, I love when you do Dusty Pat. Yeah, I, I'll do. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw my two cents in here about putting others over. 
Yeah, so I've been talking. Out. I'll put you uh, over. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know you will. Right over your lap, baby. <laughs> Get the paddle out. <laughs> wow. That digressed very see, quickly, as usual. See what happens with yes, see what happens with the injury. Um uh so here's 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 my two cents as far as uh um them putting others over i think if you look at the company in a whole and you look at all the wrestlers as a whole and you look at the wrestlers that they have on the current roster and where they've been in the past five years um some of them have been on impact some of them have been triple a some are in, a lot of several of them were on lucha underground um uh that promotion as well so you're not getting a you're not getting a lot of exposure on either one of them you mean triple a mexico that's different but um, uh, Mexican TV compared to TV is totally different. And when you're on Impact, unfortunately, and you're on Ring of Honor, some of them from in there, unfortunately, MLW, um, Lucha Underground, uh, CZW, you're not getting a lot of mainstream television time. So I think their contribution to that um, is letting these guys be on national television and helping them do matches on national television with commercial breaks and all that jazz, giving them TV time is for me right now is putting them over because they're getting national exposure. The people that probably only see them on YouTube videos. Um, I mean, I subscribed and, and watched new Japan for four and a half years. I don't have my description anymore. I canceled it last year, but you know, I would watch shit in Japanese and I would watch, you know, some of the replays on, uh, um, I forget what channel it is. Um, whatever the it's case may be. It's a good point, Joe. It's a good point. But that, for me, that's kind of my. I feel that's their way of putting people over. Um, you know, there's there's good people on there. You know, some of the some of the gimmicks. If if some of the wrestlers want to be take that next step of of evolving themselves, they got to tweak some of their gimmicks a little bit because what they do is not going to last for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them wrestled in New Japan, and you know they have they have a big following in New Japan, so that's helping those specific wrestlers. But you know you got to get the attention of the American wrestlers. And I actually kind of liked the whole segment with um, Cody when he was the TNT champion. He was doing the open challenges, and they were like letting guys from like ROH or some you know the indie circuit that are pretty popular, and I've seen wrestle before. Um, you know, giving them a chance to be on TV because that's that's opportunity they're not going to get anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So it gives them a little bit more exposure for them, first off, to try to get employed by, you know, uh, independent league or even like with the however small MLW is or NWA with uh, Magnus over there and all that stuff. It just helps get them exposure. So that's, mean- that's for me, that's I think it's the biggest thing they've kind of done for a lot of wrestlers. Me and Joe have gotten to watch, like, because we watch it every week, we've watched Britt Baker turn into a star. Like, mm-hmm. she was nothing. Yeah. And we've watched her. She's, she's still got to get a little bit better in the ring, but we watched her become a star in, in the last year and a half since we started watching it. She's the one that I've really enjoyed watching, like, her become a star. Because right. she had a hiccup here, a hiccup there, and she, like I said, she needs to get a little bit better in the ring. She's probably a seven or eight out of 10 in the ring right now. She needs to get to that nine, but she's a 10 on the mic for sure. So when we watched her just evolve. Yeah, that's good. Now, so I want to put wrestling on hold 
Okay, and that's since, fine. We, that's and, kind of all the stuff I had down. And since I'm we've whole, all had a chance, my whole what? <laughs> my whole, <laughs> my whole. Oh, don't, don't, don't make a comment like that because I will go somewhere with it. <laughs> the hole in my balls. Hey, no. just this show will go sideways because because now Naya came up real quick. There was a there was a segment on Raw where she like the one guy came and gave her flowers and kissed her hand. And she took the flowers and she goes to Mandy Moore she's, or Mandy, whatever, Mandy, whatever. She's Mandy like, Rose. Mandy Rose. She's like, put these in some flowers for me, you bitch. <laughs> and she like smacked her with them. It was hilarious because I feel like that wasn't supposed to happen. I felt like she just did it. I, I did. I did read that in the recap and I have to admit I was laughing at that because that was a funny sounding moment. So, yeah. Naya has her moments. She's terrible. I don't want her in the ring, but she has her moments <laughs> on the mic at least. So we've all had a chance, I'm going to say, to watch all the episodes of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was a little worried about Darth Pet. I'm like, did he really watch it? Um, so I want to get a kind of a thought from each, everybody. Like, AJ, <laughs> overall thought of, like, if you had to give it a grade, what would you give it? It was worse than WandaVision. Oh, okay. I, I'd give it, like, a six out of ten, maybe. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't love it. So. Okay. Theo? 9.2 for me. 9.2 for you? I enjoyed okay. it. Darth Pat? Uh, I'd give it a pretty solid B. I felt like there's a lot of good parts to it. Um, but again, I don't think they stuck the landing. You know, at the end, so much. I think there was. Uh, um, he he gives that big speech to the uh, to the politician guy at the end. Senators. It's mm-hmm. like that needed to happen, but it also felt like a little too on the nose. You know, a little forced. Um, like they yeah. forced that into the whole relevancy of. Yeah, it's like in in, in, in in like critical terms, like the the term that you would kind of use to give to that whole thing would be you know speechifying. Um, you know, where it's like you know, like where there's like the one character who, of course, is like the all-knowing, uh, righteous you know hero is like you know lecturing everybody else on what to do, and it's like, yeah, those people probably actually didn't need to hear that in the context of the story and everything, but um, I, I just feel like they. I feel like some things are a little anticlimactic and some things were left, some things were left a little too open-ended. It's like, you know, you do a series like this. To set up something else, right? Right. You can't keep doing it just to set up something else. I mean, at some point, I think you, you got to kind of have to have like, you know, here's a fairly firm beginning and end. And, uh, I don't know if they're going to do another series of this or if it's going to be something that's going to be, you know, you know, talks right now, you know, happen in a future movie and everything. But uh, I mean, I know there's like a Captain America four coming now, supposedly, and Evans is supposedly coming back. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, uh, I'll be honest with you. I really thought the best part of the whole series was, uh, was Zemo. Me too. Me too. Um, I really, I really hope he comes back because he's uh, he's a villain who's got complexity. You know, mm-hmm. um, he was also my favorite part. I did like when 
John Walker became U.S. agent. I did like that part too at the end. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed that. I am interested to see what they do with him in the future too, because I, I do kind of like the way that he played the character. Uh, in case you don't know, the actor is Kurt Russell's son. Um, but like you know, you played him as a guy who obviously has some some demons from what he saw in the past, and he's trying to do the right thing, and he's not necessarily doing it the right way. So I feel like he. I feel like there people eventually could be uh, seeing similarities between his character and seeing his character from Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, so be interested to see where they where they take things with him or where he shows up again. Um, I'm I, I am interested to see where they do where they go with Sharon Carter from here, but at the same but at the same time, I don't think I really like what they did with her. I mean, let us see it play out a little bit more, but. Every time they were talking about like this like power broker character, and then she just like showed up in that episode, it, like pretty much immediately I went, "She's got to be the power broker, right?" Yeah, kind of. Yeah, we, we got to like woman, it. You know. Um, yeah, we'll see where it goes. And now, of course, it's like, and this is kind of a criticism, I guess, more so of, of Disney and everything. All right, so they gave us Mandalorian. And it's like, yeah, we watch it all, we digest it. And then WandaVision premiered not very long after that. We watch it all, we digest it. And then we moved right on to Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And, and Loki. We watch, and we watched it all and we digest it. And here comes Loki in a few weeks. So, um, you can't allow a little more time between all these big event series being, uh, you know, you know, premiering on the, uh, on the service and everything. It's, you know, you do give us, you know, three or four months between movies and the theatrical sense, you know, hopefully once they start coming out again and everything, mm-hmm. but yeah. I, I like, I like Anthony Mackie, but I don't like him as Falcon. So that's that's my my one of my gripes. I'm not a fan. I've never really liked him as Falcon. I like him in other movies as other characters, but I don't love him as Falcon. So he was great in I'm Hollywood fine. Homicide. I'm so I'm fine with the yeah. I don't have an issue with him being Falcon. I'm fine with. It. I think he does good. I think the biggest thing for me, like I knew at the end what was going to happen with Bucky and falcon i mean it was obvious what was going to happen just waiting for it to get to that point um we all knew that was going that way i think the for me the 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 best part was all the villainy you know zemo was uh was awesome uh uh was i always screw up her name when i say um dreyfus when she showed up Mm -hmm. yeah when she yeah, showed up because Tet because suddenly she's supposed to be in um uh, Black Widow. She was supposed to she oh, was really? supposed to debut in yeah, she was supposed to debut in Black Widow, but because that yeah, movie's been fucking pushed back so many times, they put her in this. I don't know if she was originally supposed to be in this or they're just they added yeah, that her in there. So who who knows if she's gonna be in that movie? So it might get a little backstory of like what she's gonna be doing per se. Yeah, um, but the villains I think they set up really well. There is still very much a, a who the fuck is she uh, component to her character, you know? Yeah. So in the comics, it's it's going to be interesting to see who she plays uh, because uh, the card that she gave him, it's like nothing on it. Yeah. It so blind. there's, <laughs> yeah. So um, 
it depends on who she plays. Uh, it might be a character. So in the comics, like her specific character hooks up with Carter and where, where they were at and like runs that whole place to have like their own like like thing like Carter was doing, um, you know, black market shit, all that stuff. There's a, a villain group called, I think it's the Thunderbolts that they create and they sign up. So, you know, um, is, is Agent going to be a part of that? Or are they going to do their own version of it? Are they going to tweak it? They probably won't play off it the same as the comics have done it in the past. But, you know, are they going to go that way? You know, she could be one of the people that's played many, many characters of um, uh, Madame um, Hydra. You know, there's been various females who played that part in the comic books. She mm-hmm. could be, you know, part of that. You know, it's we'll see. Uh, maybe when when Black Widow comes out, if she's actually still in that movie. We'll get more of a backstory because she, you know, her story was she was raised in Russia and she was a Russian spy formerly and all that stuff. So we'll see what type of uh, villainy she uh, she creates for herself. But the villains they had in in this and the ones they created and whatnot and it brought in, uh, it was good. It yeah, was good. Zemo, Zemo was awesome. <laughs> Zemo and Bucky's interactions were really good. Uh, I mean, they were really played played well. You could also maybe, I mean, you could also almost argue that he wasn't even really a villain in this He theory. was a tweener. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, he was definitely a villain because he his whole thing was all about his agenda and that was to make sure that there was no more super soldiers. Like that was his whole agenda, and he was going to accomplish that agenda by whatever he had to do. I mean, yeah. look at what I mean. Yeah. Look at what he did by his uh, his butler destroy blew up that freaking van with the those super soldiers in it. I mean, <laughs> that was awesome, actually. <laughs> yeah, I just, um, uh, but I mean, hey, they were a threat, um, and you know, just uh, killing the scientists, you know, but. So, yeah, some of the stuff kind of sell was going to happen. Since, since cool. I did not give my rating yet, since you guys jumped sorry. over me. Yeah, right. You're not sorry. Definitely past not sorry because he had to give a 10 minute <laughs> diatribe on a fucking question about what would you rate it? God damn it. <laughs> Why do you do um, that shit? <laughs> it, didn't last, it, it, it didn't last 10 minutes. You over exaggerating, some bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you I bought was, him feeding trash bag out. <laughs> I was I was gonna say I don't rate it as as I rate it kind of in between Pat and Joe. I gave it about an eight point seven. Like I really enjoyed it because all the action, but it was it was much slower moving than what I would have liked, especially with the fact that it was only six episodes. So yeah, well, there were longer episodes. But yeah, yeah, I was hoping like, for nine. The, the pacing the the pacing within the episodes varied like like some episodes were faster than others that's that's a little weird yeah so but i I really liked it i thought there was enough action in it there was two episodes that were like the first episode which i know aj did not like at all uh was all backstory which i appreciated because we didn't know anything about them except for like the little tidbits that most people already knew about them from if you saw a comic book or you watched you know, one of the Avengers movie. You know, you watch Captain America, the original Captain America, or you watch Winter the first Soldier. Yeah, Winter Soldier. You, you knew who Bucky was, and you knew who the Falcon was, uh, but you didn't know anything more about them. So it was nice to get some of the backstory. I also like the part where they brought in the uh, the Black Super Soldier. What's his? Uh, um, what was his name again? Mm. Uh, You're asking 
the wrong person to remember that shit. Oh, Christ. What was his name? Yeah, I can't remember his name either. And that's pretty bad. Yeah, it is bad. I can't remember. Oh, damn, what was his name? That actually, that character was created in, I believe, 2004, 2005, when they were redoing Captain America. Oh, they were okay. start they were, they were starting a new series and the writer went on a limb because he wanted to do something in regards to the black community in regards to that a character for that and he pitched it to marvel and marvel actually really liked it so they said run with it hmm. so that was kind of the whole um that's where his character came from because i had to remember I, I used to read a lot of captain america's back in the day so Isaiah Bradley. yeah that's it i wanted to say Isaiah, right. but I, I didn't it didn't sound right for some reason i didn't want to fuck it up but yeah that was a uh i kind of vaguely remember reading about that in the comics back in the day that comic series because i read uh them on and off but yeah i was that was a completely created 2004 or five ish for that i was like so that was cool aspect i was like super excited about the show too because i like i really liked the winter soldier but by about i mean i i i, I have no shame guys I was I was more excited to watch the duck show every week than that show. So <laughs> the mighty ducks. Yeah. But uh I, I almost think that they're gonna do I think they might do a spin-off series, might be a short series again, but I almost think they might do a spin-off series with Sharon uh Carter. They might uh, because be of the fact that she she didn't play a major role, but she had a major role major ending portion of finding out, you know. I did not put the pieces together like you guys did, but to find out that she was the power broker, she gets pardoned by the U S government. Now she has access to the United States to be the power broker there and expand her business. Yeah. You know, like does she, she become an ultimate villain against the Avengers and the Avengers have to go after her. Somebody's sent after her who is an Avenger or something like that. Well, um, I mean, she's, she was like on the phone basically saying that she was going to start selling U S government secrets. I mean, that's, yeah. That's going to come up at some point. Yeah. So the episode where, where you're seeing all this action and then you're like, is like what a minute or two when she's on the phone, like I kept her ass out of jail or something like that. And then like the clip goes away, like this whole episode, all this action and stuff going on and you cut to her and I'm like that I had to watch it again. And I'm like, I wonder if she's talking to, george st pierre's character i just it was just kind of weird i was wondering if it was because it was a really random clip towards the end of the show and i was like that's kind of weird it's like hmm maybe she really is the power broker i'm like that's a lot of shit she has for just being (laughs) yeah all those freaking real paintings and stuff that she had yeah oh yeah the ones in the museum those are all knockoffs these are the originals here i'm like (laughs) damn that, that bitch got some money <laughs> yeah so that's i'm like uh but yeah it's all good but yeah it's uh it's crazy um i did think i i kind of agree with pat in the fact that 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 speech is a needed speech in to to to, to the today's time and place you know what's going on in the world but it almost felt like they purpose, like, we got to put this in here. If we don't yeah. put this in here, like, we're just not doing the, 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 the community that's in danger a service. And it's like, I get it. I really do. Uh, but it, like I said, it almost felt forced. So, um, so it was, it was interesting to see that in there. But it does, it makes sense because Disney is a very forward thinking, you know, uh, 
I don't want to say liberal or democratic or anything like that, but they're very um, socially conscious with their material that they put out, especially now, not old Disney, you know, where things can be construed or misconstrued as racist and stuff like that. But um, you know, current Disney. Uh, there was plenty of old Disney stuff that was racist. I, I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm not disagreeing with that, but there are some things that I think are misconstrued too, to, you know, have it change. But yeah, there's definitely some things that are out there, but today's Disney is not that way at all by any means. So, but overall good series, in, in my opinion, yeah. you know, it'll oh, be wow. interesting um, because pretty much i think all the super soldiers from that group died i don't think there's any of them that are alive anymore that i can think of pretty sure the redhead girl died then she die or was she saved no she died she died yeah, she okay died. yeah oh yes that's yeah she got shot that's right that's agent carter shot her that wouldn't have <laughs> that wouldn't have happened if she was still on star wars <laughs> well i'm just saying her character lived in solo so uh, i know <laughs> yes yes but so can i go to my stumper now can I stumper, yes stumper, let's, stumper, we'll, stumper, we'll end stumper, the night stumper. with your stumper yes yeah, right nobody guessed what was in the cup cheers no it was it was apple juice freshly squeezed duh Oh, really? I mean, the jizz, the jizz could have been freshly squeezed. <laughs> <laughs> Did you freshly squeeze that apple juice between your buns, buddy? <laughs> no, I just wanted to make that joke because obviously there's no such thing as freshly squeezed apple juice. Uh, why can't there be freshly squeezed apple juice? You can squeeze an apple and make juice. It would take a lot of apples to make some Sorry, juice. Joe, your thumper. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Okay. <clears throat> Name me the retired baseball player who was only one of two men to play in a World Series and NCAA Final Four, and he also holds the record for the most steals in postseason history. Baseball he's played. Wait, wait, did you say Hall of Famer or just retired? No. Retired. Hmm. Well, there's only one person I can think of, and I just saw their picture today, and I know it's probably not this person, but I'm just going to say it because the only person that I can think of that is retired from baseball. And what was the other thing that you said about him? And he, like currently, he's he's in his he's in his early fifties right now. Okay, that's okay. not the person. And you said what else? What, what did you say, Joe? He won a. Played in so, the World Series or won the World Series? Played in the World Series and played in the NCAA Final Four. Okay. And holds the record for the most steals in postseason. In baseball or? Baseball, baseball postseason. Okay. Yeah, then and I he's can't, played for. I'll say who I was going to say, but he doesn't fit the like bill once you say he's teams. in his 50s. Because the only person I could think of was Charlie Ward, but he played football and, but he played basketball too for florida well he actually played baseball too yeah but jeez i know that wasn't right because he didn't play baseball and he didn't play baseball professionally he played basketball professionally and sucked ass um so i know it's not that but that's the only person i could think of and 
Deion Sanders would be another one, but I don't think Deion's that old. And I don't know if he played base. Uh, I don't know if he played on a baseball world series team. And I don't know if he Deion played basketball, did, yeah. but I don't know if baseball, Deion yeah, played football, basketball, uh, played basketball in college though, either. That's, that's a, Oh my God. Pat, Pat it's up to you. Pat, Pat's the only one that's going to get this. So. <laughs> Baseball's not really my wheelhouse either. So I know well, we got to get out of baseball season. This shit's got to end soon. <laughs> I had a guess. I looked it up and I'm pretty sure I'm right. Kenny Law. Yes, you're correct. After I came up with my guess, I looked it up. Now, how are we supposed to know that? Like, we can read your mind and say, okay, he was thinking Kenny Lofton in his head. So he looked it up <laughs> to make sure he was right. <laughs> I'm a trustworthy guy. You, okay. <laughs> you have Darth in front of your name. How can we trust the man of the dark side? Did you ever hear uh, somebody with the name Darth in front of their title ever tell a lie? <laughs> yes. <laughs> When? When did when did somebody named Darth lie? Multiple times. When they said the dark side is stronger than the light, they were always wrong. Uh, they always lied. Well, that was kind of more of an opinion. <laughs> so, Kenny Lofton I mean, played. You know, Count Dooku, Darth Tyrannus told Obi Wan outright that there was a Sith Lord in charge of the of the Senate. He was telling the truth. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, Joe, go ahead, Theo. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Kenny Lofton played for the University of Arizona and was the backup guard to Steve Kerr in the 1988 run that they had to the Final Four, huh? and he became the starting guard the following year. And he was in the World Series, which I believe the Indians with the Indians. Yes, where they yep. lost to the Braves. Yep, I couldn't remember if he made the World Series with the Yankees or not because he was on like he was only he was only there the one year with the Yankees. Yeah, he played. He played on so many teams in the two thousands. Holy shit! Like every year he was on a new team. It was crazy. Yeah, after after his uh, second stint with Cleveland ended, yeah, he he to say that he was a journeyman that at that point would be an understatement. <laughs> He played for the White Sox, then for San Francisco in 2002. 2003 started with, I think, Pittsburgh, ended with the Cubs. 2004, Yankees. 2005, the Phillies. Dodgers in 2006. Texas and the Indians in 2007. Holy shit. Yeah, he's actually, uh, he's actually become a little underrated. And uh, he, uh, he really has a, uh, a better Hall of Fame case than people realize but he was one he was a guy who unfortunately uh only lasted like uh you know only only lasted one year on the ballot so well that's unfortunate yeah he's a guy who who uh if they keep the the existing um they don't call it the veterans committees anymore but if they keep like the existing like process in place He's a guy who could show up on one of those ballots and maybe he would get some consideration again. So uh, I, I would be kind of yeah with saying he's a Hall of Famer, but he, he's got a better case than people realize. Like, you know, it was like one of those ones that probably deserved more than one year on the ballot. That's what I'm saying. They used to, back when I was probably back in the late 90s, maybe, 
they used to do like a, on college basketball games, they used to do like a dunk contest between celebrities and Kenny Lofton was in that. So, okay. That's cool. Shit. So I remember seeing him in that. Very cool. All right. So that does bring us to the end of our show. Another awesome show. Uh, talked, talked sports and some of talked about one of our favorite players of all time, LeBron, you know, <laughs> we all love him very, very much. <laughs> uh, you know, then talked about the draft and, uh, and some other topics and, you know, they moved our way on through wrestling, which is always a topic that we love to talk about. So, um, and I had a good stumper. Of course, it was baseball related. So, you know, I had no idea. And sometimes I wonder when people are watching our show or listening to our show, what the hell does Jeremy, what does he actually know? Because he doesn't seem to know much of any fucking thing. So, <laughs> well, uh, your, your, your words, not ours. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm just the moderator of this show. I try to keep things going. No. Um, Next week, I'll have a Debbie Does Dallas stumper for everybody. <laughs> Yes. Oh, there we go. I still won't know because I've never seen any of her films. Um, <laughs> Who does Debbie do and Debbie does Dallas? <laughs> Lots well, of people. What would you like to know? <laughs> so Kawari minds want to know. So with that, we're gonna say good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and we'll catch you on the next episode. <laughs>